That's what gets me there. It's all so enticing. Waking up from a nice dream to a beautiful morning with you by my side. That's
Live from Universal Studios Hollywood in beautiful Los Angeles, California. ToadHopNetwork.com. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. Kyle, already. Can I have control here? <laughs> no, it's all yours. That's what it's going to be here. We have a lot to clear the space today. A lot. Something going on. It's it's the cloudy weather. I feel great. It is not that. <laughs> I told Kyle. I said, Kyle, can you just like lay back for a little bit and just let me? I'm going to introduce you and bring you into the into the sandbox. Yeah. And as soon as I clear the space and get this thing going. Sand beneath our feet right now. Yeah, there is a lot of sand. It's quicksand at this point. <laughs> Sarah, I don't know what's going on with you today, except for the computer issues. That's but I all. think it's something greater. No. We'll get to that. All right. We'll get to that as well. <laughs> I have to, uh, first of all, I just have to say, hey, welcome to the show. Hey. Welcome to the podcast. It's really good to have all of you here. Uh, different kind of energy going on today. Uh, because normally I start off with, uh, you know, meditation in the morning, a little laffidation. I uh, start off with uh, a show prep. Nothing. <laughs> I got nothing today. That's my show prep that I wrote two minutes ago. I'm wearing a suit jacket for a reason, too. Why? Well, there's a couple of reasons. As long as we're going to clear the space with truth. One is that I realized that I wore this shirt a few weeks ago, and people are going to go, wait, he's wearing the same shirt. So I put, I put the jacket on, and now it's a different look. <laughs> That's one thing. But the other reason is I was in court this morning, always my favorite way to start the day, of course. which is probably why I was not meditating, because I quickly had to get to family court again. This has been going on for seven years mm -hmm. with my ex-wife. And it's, it's very difficult on me. But I would like to take us back to yesterday. I like to live in the moment. I'm going to take us back to yesterday <laughs> to start some positive vibes here. I had, if I were to dial up with the big G, my higher power, a day of perfection, yesterday was it. So let's affirm and start Good. with that. I had the most amazing day where I just like took the time and I went, oh, thank you for this life. I am so grateful from for yesterday today i'm not <laughs> but, but i'm back to yesterday i i i woke up and there i'm at my house and you know i did two shows the night before in hermosa and they were just you know wonderful uh, wonderful shows sarah opened and mm -hmm. it was such a great time and the energy there is amazing we actually uh, you know packed it out and had people appreciative laughter and i was so reflective of even doing that job because I sat in 1987, I sat in the audience. I was brand new in L.A. And I, I said, oh, man, someday I can be. It was like a temple. That place is like a temple of comedy. You know, if we have a place of worship, it would be the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa. Yeah. I know these other places that go world famous improv. Well, maybe. But, uh, but I think that this place should be world famous. They, uh, I sat in the audience in 87. And there was Dennis Miller at the height of his career, Dana Carvey at the height of Church Lady. And I'm just going, wow, this is unbelievable. And opening for them was an unknown guy named David Spade. Huh. And I remember I named him Quiet Storm because he was like a quiet storm. I, 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 so I, he, when he sees me now, he goes, shoot, QS. He still remembers that I called him Quiet Storm. I didn't even know who he was. And he, he was so young looking. I remember his opening line was, uh, hey, I'm David Spade. I'm 10. <laughs> and uh, and uh, my mom just dropped me off. She's at Ralph's. <laughs> and I'm just going to do this little set. And I sat there and went, wow, this guy, isn't, he's going to be huge. And I said, someday I'll be on that stage. It was like a dream for me. And here, 20-some years later, I am you know, headlining on that stage. which was So I'm still buzzing from that. I wake up Sunday, 
And first of all, my flyers are on my Philadelphia Flyers, and my, my Justin all of a sudden comes downstairs, and he's wearing a Flyers jersey. So now it's bonding time with the men, <laughs> you know. And then I, and I just yesterday was me because it was a full gamut of, of who I am. Then it's Earth Day, so I said, I'm going to go plant a garden. Was it Earth Day yesterday? It was, it was Earth it was. Day, and mm. it went unnoticed by most, most people. And you're an earthy girl, and you didn't even know it was Earth Day. <laughs> this is your day. You should be celebrating doing whatever, putting mud on you or whatever you're doing Earth Day. I did my job. <laughs> I did my job. I put uh, vegetables, you know, sustainable garden, and I planted it with my family. We're all out there with shovels, even the little one, the little two-year-olds there with his little... Daddy, can I water? Yeah, go ahead and water. A lot of it ended up on me, but still, it was the the point was we were all bonding together after the Flyers won, and now we have that. And then we did something that I am is really me. Also, is we saw a play, a musical. My sons, two of my sons, first musical. And I don't know if you guys remember your first, but to me, there was almost no more magical time in my life than. <laughs> Then walking in and you see something you do not see at a school play or any other situation with an orchestra playing underneath of a stage and, and sets and ornate theater, which we were in yesterday, the Panchages. And I, and I was so thrilled and I kept thinking to myself, am I projecting this onto these kids who would rather be skateboarding or on the Internet? <laughs> you know, I kept saying it to myself, am I really putting this my life onto them? So we went yesterday and we saw Billy Elliot. And I love the play, by the way, because that, that play was very much representative of my life growing up. Is it's not really, <laughs> Well, no, I didn't get into ballet, and I didn't have a father like that. Well, yes, I did. I had a father like that. You know those fathers that go, oh, you sissy. That was my father. Oh, you sissy. And I, I told you before I had to, I would literally sandpaper my hands before I'd see him. Because I'd see him every few years. I'd sandpaper the hands. So I would have man hands. He'd go, oh, the sissy hands. You know, so that was in my mind. So this, he was like the dad in Billy Elliot. So guess who our guest is later? We have the dad from Billy Elliot is coming in. Elliot. My old friend Rich Hebert will be here. I don't think this is actually him. I think this oh. is the other cast. That's him. I'm gonna, is that him? That's him. He has an amazing voice. And this song, by the way, brought tears to my eyes last night. So guess what happened? I go, and both children loved it, especially our seven-year-old Jared. He was just, like, clapping when everyone else was. He had this giant great. smile on his face. Love that when they're not too cool for that. No, kind of he wasn't yeah. too cool. And I brought my son, my other the teen son. He brought his friend, who luckily was not a typical teenager. This was a kid who's already seen a few plays. So when he would look to him to be cool, I mean, they scouted chicks at intermission. Sure, <laughs> I did too. I helped them out. I said, "Do you believe I actually tail gunned for my kid? I call it tail gunning, where you go behind your friends and you and you like, if a girl's talking about you, then you re report." You report later on the other side of the bar. I did this for them yesterday. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't doing it intentionally, but I saw these girls were talking yeah, about were. them. I was a little bit. All right. But it is weird, though, when you, like, share this stuff with your with your son and you go, Dad, you're a lurk. <laughs> He's not accepting it like I would hope he would. So so anyway, they, they enjoyed themselves. And then I took them backstage just to see and reveal to them, you know, what this is all about with the sets and the, you know, they're on rollers and how they do things and the special effects. And they, they loved it. So I spent a perfect day on the planet yesterday. It was just a beautiful, beautiful day. That I will affirm before I get to, now I'm going to get to our guest, Kyle Cease is here. Yes. Now maybe Kyle can help me because I know this is a man of great consciousness and, 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 <laughs> 
He's a, he's a man who has, who has explored his inner self and his inner demons, I would imagine. He's explored them at great length. I have the demon of, I'm not going to say my ex-wife is a demon. I will say what's happened is she's demonized me. And that's why we end up in court. Because she has this idea that I am going to take all of my stuff and put it onto the children and put it in the court system and put it in that, which is literally like being in Vegas. They want you to keep gambling. Today again, extended, May 21st, and we'll be back again. But you can leave Vegas. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Uh, but Wouldn't just, it be funny if it turned but, out your ex-wife had no clocks or windows? <laughs> <laughs> well, you must know her because she doesn't have a clock. Yeah. She never shows up for anything on time, except for court. She's always there on time with the uh, – she's looking good. She puts on the suit and everything. So I put my suit jacket on. Mm-hmm. So it makes me feel like a phony, by the way. I always clear the space. I mean, I, I'm not a jacket guy, but I do it for the court. As if the guy's going to go, he wore a jacket. I think I'll give him a couple extra custody days. <laughs> but it, it's not going to happen. So so Kyle Cease is here. And uh, Kyle uh, it means a lot to me, even though we're not that close. We have a uh, – there's a lot of symbiosis. There's we're a close. Simpatico. Yeah, I love you, man. I, I do too, but I'm saying it's not like you call me every day or even no. every well, month. Well, we're comics. I mean, <laughs> comics bump into each other at airports. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you, know? you catch up. You do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we go. We got to talk again. And then that goes away. And, and then, then it goes we away. Find okay. each other at a new airport. Now, my close friends, though, that doesn't go away. That's what I'm saying. Well, so we're not that close in that calling. regard. Let's let, let's get actually calling. I think you're great. Man. I can't call you because of your message. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> What's my message? The one that says just text me? No, no that's new. Re- actually, your cell phone, you don't have a message set up. Oh, because I, I just got a new one yeah. like a couple days ago. No, but let's talk about his old one. Can you join me in this one? That old one that took forever. He would do like a whole stand-up bit, and you're going, meanwhile, AT&T <laughs> cuts me off. By the time it gets to the beat, he's doing a whole shtick thing. Maybe you might want to leave one, but he's doing a whole process on his machine. So, yeah. and, then, and then I can't talk without. I've I've learned that I'm uh, an extrovert, and I think you are too. Where, <laughs> where we can't talk unless everyone knows. Like it's like when we start, like you know, you're like me. Like we start with a problem, and we start talking ourselves through it. And then we give everyone advice when we're really giving ourselves advice and <laughs> right. just need them to hear it. And so this is going to do any good today whatsoever because you're going to give me advice that, that that I don't need. I need to get it for myself. Well, because well, I do need true, some suggestions my advice on will, that that actually feels really good to me. Yeah, will be stuff I'm like because every time have you ever given someone advice then you're totally motivated by it. You're like, <laughs> yeah. good point, me. Like, <laughs> I gotta start doing that. I mean. Yeah. Which always makes me wonder, as corny as it sounds, who was the me that learned from the other me? Like, how were there two me's? Like, how was I stuck in a in a total yeah. thing for a weekend, mm-hmm. and then someone shows up, and I can give them the exact advice I need, and once I say it, I go, wow, I, how did I not pick that up? Because it wasn't around then. Like, how are there two me's? And it's a... Well, that is, that is the process that we all should yeah. uh, apply to our lives is yeah. really look inside is always the answer. And, and we're also, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, but what you can do, though, is you can go to other people that might be able to, during their process, the people that you trust. Yeah. And, by the way, the word advice is not something that I really care for either. Right. It's like here's a suggestion. Right. You know, it's, it's much easier when you hear here's a suggestion or here's what worked for me. Right. And then, it, and then apply it because advice to me sounds like – 
what we were talking about this the other day about uh, there's this, in this whole new age community. Advice a, sounds condescending. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's Let me a, give you a piece of advice. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's going to yeah. turn you right. So now you're out because no one, yeah, no one really. If you're talking about something that's going to give them a breakthrough, then they can't see what's on the other side of it. So there's no way to sell them on it because they can't see what you have. They're in their own world. So when you're in that world, like that's why everyone likes to say something and they just want sympathy. They don't want you to actually change it. You know, (laughs) one time I, I last year I, I dove off the dock weird. I wave a cabin on a lake and my neck hit something really weird and it hurt horrifically like I got to a point where you know we were staying at the cabin I get up and I I collapse and I go over to the other room and I knock on Diego's door I'm like we need to go to the hospital and and but I was on a juice fast so I pictured if I went to a hospital and they start pumping morphine in me it'll kill me so (laughs) so this is really a weird moment So you're really playing this out now yeah Yeah. well I just in the meantime you're just hurting and your body's and your mind is responding and saying I have to take care of this hurt right and and But also, Did Diego give you advice? There's, there's a thing. There's a thing. Well, this is in the same realm as that, that because there was a thing that was happening that still, even though I was in dire pain, liked to just get that love for it. That I'm still this person in my story right now as I'm this victim because when I, I, I said, okay, I'm gonna go back in the bed. I actually couldn't move. Like I had to crawl back to the bed. There was just this weird stinger that was so crazy, and uh, I said, we need to call my mom, and. Diego goes, don't call your mom. And I go, why? And he goes, because you just want her to, like, flip out and buy you taco time and, you know, and and be there for you. And he goes, you have to ask yourself this when you have a problem. Do you want to change it or do you Mm. want sympathy? And he goes, every time we speak out our problem, we have to ask ourselves first, do you want to change it or do you want sympathy? Because... And I was like, you're right. And and so I was like, I want to change it. And it put me in this position. The pain was so big. This was such a weird moment. And this is going to sound so corny. But this really happened. I said, okay, put the secret on in front of me. And my neck was stuck. <laughs> and just being in this moment where I'm staring at the secret. and The secret for, being the film? The movie, yeah. Okay. And I watched it for two hours. And at one point I did this exercise that I had created where I talk about something as if it already happened. It's a, a big thing I'm doing right now. And when you do that, like if I was like, if you did it with this situation you're in, I said, do you, if it was like, do you remember after doing the podcast that I was the guest on where you just made it the greatest day ever? And you, you know, we, we left the room and you got in the car and you said, how can we make it awesome? We all went to the best lunch ever or we just mm. chilled and relaxed. And then we said, how can we make this show just amazing? We got in the moment together and really re- decided like that it's perfect even in its imperfection and really enjoyed the process of it. But if I talk about it as if it's past tense, mm-hmm. here's the difference between the secret and that. When we visualize stuff, we put it in the future, so 80% of the other part of the visualizing is us checking if it's working. So yeah. we're really analyzing right. like a lot of it. But if and we're also s- analyzing the progress or non-progress of it. Right. You know, yeah. and, and it just take, sometimes right. it takes what it takes. It takes the time that it takes. And we're, but we're practicing right. that. So right. we're getting good at analyzing. Right. So if you put a vision in past tense then your mind stores it and remembers all the times you actually had breakthroughs Mm -hmm. and it stores it as fact and at the same time you're imagining and creating so there's no room for the consumer fear-based part of you to show up and go into the future and how did that manifest itself this this uh... i guess theory in what happened to you with your neck that i started so i was literally before this i was at a point where i was paralyzed i could not move I couldn't breathe. I even called a chiropractor. He goes, okay, lie down. I couldn't lie down. Like, it was the weirdest mm-hmm. thing. 
And then I was just starting to date my now fiance Amanda, and I was really excited about her. So I watched The Secret. At one point, I had this breakthrough, and I'm crying while I'm watching <laughs> it, and like emotional crying, not just the pain. And then I just started immediately picturing because I actually thought I could die because I was whiting out, and I felt like, did I break something and something's leaking in here or what? But then I. I started saying this stuff. I started going, I remember when I started playing catch with my kid and Amanda was with me. And then I started saying, you know, I remember when I had that moment where I sat up and I started turning my head left and right and I did it. And I turned my head left and right. And I, I couldn't, I had been paralyzed and all of a sudden I was doing this. I mean, it hurt, but it was way better. And then I go, and then I changed my shirt and then I walked downstairs and I started walking downstairs and just totally mobile. Mm -hmm. And I get downstairs and I look at Diego and like, I almost didn't, I was not, imagine if I was a skeptic and was not willing to consider that option. I would have been in a hospital for four or five days, mm -hmm. giant bill, morphine, you know, right. sympathy. It's and, the easier way. Right. Yeah. And it's the way that we've been conditioned yeah. by, ironically, your mother, who you wanted to call. Right. <laughs> That's what That's she exactly would have had you do. Right. Because I'm, right. I'm in the, because I really believe when we're kids, we fall down and or something, and then our mom goes, come here, and we associate, I get love when I'm in pain. Yeah. And so or Bactine, which causes more pain. Right. <laughs> yeah. Remember Bactine? I, yes. I do. It was a nightmare. Or iodine. <laughs> <laughs> I would do anything to avoid that. Yeah. Did you guys have that in your generation? You guys are yeah. a lot younger than no, I am. We, yeah. Did you have Bactine did. and iodine? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have medicine. There's about five years with me, you and me. Yeah. So. So, yeah. you do, uh, yeah, well, anyway, our parents do teach it. They condition us to, to have certain responses to pain. Right. Now, I, I do want to know, did you ever dive again? Or did you go get back well, on the diving I believe, board? I believe the reason, it was funny because I had been talking about a metaphor that Amanda and I started dating, and two weeks later we were engaged. I remember. I and was at the, it was Ed, at, or, at Stevie Wonder Stevie concert. Stevie Wonder, yeah. Because yeah. he's trying Hollywood to get to the Bowl. kids that he affirmed. Remember, he's having a catch with his kid in his <laughs> affirmation. So <laughs> they got to get moving. Didn't you say that earlier? You're imagining having a catch with your kid. You don't oh, have a yeah. kid. No. This no, is for your but, future. But but this was yeah, before that I, I we were together for two weeks and we got engaged and what I what I realized was that you know, everyone started saying to us when we started dating, they said, Be careful, be careful. And part of me believes that a, a big part of what screws us up, a part of it, this doesn't have to be everything, is how much we're so careful. Mm -hmm. Like, try and skydive out of a plane and be careful. Like, you just have to let go 100%. Yeah. And let go and of the results. That's a big thing for people is we get results-oriented. Totally. And that's we the say in our vision, yeah, exactly, yeah. in our visioning, we start to say that's the vision. Well, no, it can be. you have to be present right. in the moment and turn over the results. But do something of integrity and do something that's very valuable. I and, agree and, with that. Yeah, and then... That's the big thing for me is is allowing what's supposed to happen to unfold instead of tr me trying to manipulate or control it, which uh, that's another issue that a lot of people have is the control issue. Mm -hmm. Well, we want to control outcome. If and you're we, if you're saying that that outcome is what'll make you happy, you're first of all creating a codependence on everything outside of you. You know, you're saying that that is what makes you happy. So, that's your god basically. Mm -hmm. That's your thing. And so if anything gets in the way of that, you know, it's it makes you crazy. Mm -hmm. And 
I've been going through many stages of this where I suddenly, like, I go through a stage where it's like, you know, first it's achieving, but my buddy Shore Slocum does a talk about this, and it's so beautiful. He says there's four stages of this. The first stage is to me. He says that's where people think everything happens to, to me. It's because of the economy. It's because of my mom. It's because of my ex. And what happens is if you're, co if you're dependent on everything outside of you, you get to a point where it'll drive you to the ground. It has to because you'll just be exhausted from mm -hmm. trying to control everything. Everything. One of three things happens. You commit suicide, you get addicted to something, and that addiction can totally include control or, or anything like that, manipulation. Or you figure out what caused it, and that's the first time you see the matrix and go into mm -hmm. this, this new phase of um, the achiever mode, which is by me, where you go, everything's run by me. Now, you're still in control here. Mm -hmm. You go, it's when I get this, I'll be happy. So people are big like the Donald Trump type people you know there's a lot of uh, you know I make it happen but the problem is if you are living in the future you're saying what's next right and I I lived there for about three years and and ended that phase forcibly in one day and that's what uh, that's what I want to focus ago. on today I mean to be honest with you when I hear theories I have a very hard time with it I'd become the audience and if I'm the audience listening to some theories including watching the secret by the way Mm -hmm. Because we can't work with the assumption well, that everybody everybody movie. everybody gets the right. It's not spiritual. Right. It's achiever. But the, right, yeah. and, but everyone gets something different out of it. Just right. like you got something True. out of it. Like a good parking spot. What I say about uh, yeah, I like people to pray to the parking guy. People oh, really? Say when I have car pox. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? Well, I I really respond. I respond so much to <laughs> when, many miracles. when 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 people uh, let me know how they dealt with a certain situation and then i can not sympathize but empathize right and even be there for them if they're in a hole right i'll be there on the top of the hole and help them out by suggestion by sharing my experiences whatever even if it's a sharing a laugh that's something yeah. that's very important is to share that laugh and, and that laugh is an acknowledgement that i've been in that hole yeah you know we're we're in this hole together but don't get in the hole and get into a pity party once you start doing that, then you're not going to get out of the hole. But you're just going to have somebody that's just going to collude with you and all of your story and everything else. And that, and you're not going to grow or transform or transcend if you if you remain in that paradigm. So, so what I like to talk about today is is applying some of these things. Like like right now, sure. I have to apply in my life. I have to go back to yesterday to get right today. That's control, though. Right. Right. That's that's saying but, yesterday's better than today. You're you're saying No, I'm not moment, saying that. I'm but, not saying that. No, what I'm saying I mean, I is I don't want to put words in your mouth. What, what I mean What is I'm like, saying is, is is I'm affirming that yesterday was was perfection. Okay? It was an absolutely beautiful day. So is today. What can I learn from that? Yes, it is. It's yeah. that's exactly right. But it was perfection as far as I'm concerned is I had inner peace that I do not have right now. I had a beautiful beautiful day where I experienced magnificence. I experienced a connection with a higher power, which I was extremely grateful, which is a condition that I like to be in. Do you so, think you can have inner peace during today, too, though? During there's the no question, but that's why, that's why I'm throwing this stuff out. Yeah. It's, to get, it's to get to the truth. That's why we do clear the space on here, is, right. is to get to the truth of where we are today. Here I am today. I am... Uh, the, I have the illusion of I'm disheveled. I, I have, you know, I just dealt with court and it didn't have the outcome that I wanted. I didn't do the show prep that I wanted. Uh, I'm not in the moment as much as I'd like to be. So what I'm saying is what works for me. And that's what I'm sharing. Mm -hmm. 
not a theory. What works for me is I'm saying, let's go with yesterday and affirm all of the good things and all the peace that you did feel and know that I can get there today as well. I can get there within a minute. That's why we do guided lapidations here as well. Mm -hmm. I can get there, but it's all part of the process to share the uglies and the, or the perception of ugly when really there could be some beauty in it. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to do this with my ex all the time. Is I, I, the other day, I, was, I met her in court again for a mediation, and I literally put on a love suit. I just said, put on your suit. And I, that's why I said, and I put on it, and it was figurative. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, I can't get that at the store. Can't right. go to Billabong and go, can I have a love suit? But I put that's this. what I hate about Billabong. I know, I know. <laughs> if they'd have more love suits. Yeah. So I put this on, and sure enough, everything changed in that moment of, share, of, of putting on that suit. So I, we have not been alone in the room together for seven years. And we, I sat next to her on a bench at a court, just the two of us. Today, How are you doing? That was today for the first time? No, this was years. last week oh, okay. when I put the love suit on. Today was a different situation. <laughs> but I still tried the love suit. But there's another part of me that came out is that bulldozy guy that is so desperate to be heard. And that's what happened today is I have so much to say here. I really want, I really want you to understand me and, and, and get what I'm feeling right now and how this has been seven years and I want to get my speech out. And yet I have other people on the other side of this that are going, you talk too much. <laughs> you know, that's too much. No, I, I can't hear that. So be succinct and be clear and be at peace like I was yesterday or I was the other day when I put the love suit on. Then they can hear instead of me trying to get all of it out at once. So what I'm sharing today is that's my experience. It's not based on a theory. I put this suit on, and, uh, and today I wavered from it. But I'm coming back. I'm coming back right in here and right now. And we're going to come back after the – that means we're taking a yep. little break, right? Yep. And when we come back, I'm going to be a completely different person. <laughs> I'm going to take off this – this God, you're so like me. Like, I, get, <laughs> I get a low, and I'm like, I need to declare something. That's what we're like in a low. I like, I eat one pizza, and I'm like, ninety days raw food. Ninety days all raw. Crazy person. Here. And then two days later, I'm like, dude, just chill out and be in the moment. Like, it's okay. Have a steak. Yeah, you know, like. Have you done that yet? It's it's. You had a steak yet? Have you had a steak in a while? So kind of... I have no. No. Okay. Well, there no. You go. <laughs> I think you should. Because I declared give you something advice. and then got about 13 days in and was like, I'm fine. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Like, uh, we're spending our life fixing stuff that's not broken. Oh, I love meat. <laughs> I want, on the break, maybe you could tell me the rest of the four, the two me, by me. Dun, sure. Dun. Or after, because now after. they're hearing that. Wait, I want to know what the last I, two yeah, are. Yeah, I want to know the last two are. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, we have the, the little podcast going on here. But uh, by the way, people keep saying, stop calling it a podcast. It's what? a podcast. Because I, I guess it's live radio. It's not. I'm not guessing. It is live. Hi, folks. That is true. That <laughs> and is true. so a podcast is something you download yeah. later, which you can also it's do both. on iTunes as well. Yeah. But it's it's called laugh. Let's it just off. call it a webcast podcast radio show. <laughs> we'll call that it. Go, that flies off the tongue. That, right? that works for me. We're coming back uh, with more with Kyle Cease. We have Rich Hebert coming up, who's the star of Billy Elliot, and other Broadway shows that we will talk about. And I'd like we'll discuss that. All that and much more. Ooh. Stay with us. Other Broadway shows. Exactly. After this. I, w I would. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network. Radio worth watching. 
If you haven't been listening to Joey Medina, it's funny because I've, yeah, I've heard some of your shows and I hear him and, he, and I pictured more of a Leave It to Beaver like, gee, Wally, well, she wants me to do the third input and I don't want to feel like a freaking thing, kind of creepy on it, kind of never had in a one like 20 years old. Hey, you goof, you just lube it up and stick it in. Well, I don't know, Joey. You're trying to get me to take a shuttle bus to a swingers club or whatnot. First, I got to send a picture of myself and a girl. Well, I don't know. I just called somebody a Negro. <laughs> Joey Medina, Thursdays at 8 Pacific, only on the Toad Hop Network. Radio worth watching. If you're just joining us on the interweb, we're a band called Givers, and we're going to jam. Shirts. I'm just frosting, baby. I'm through the dirt. I I'm cool, I cool up in the derby. Chilling with your wife, not cool like Marbury. Uh, I'm just chilling on the shaker. Out of pretty girls in the neighborhood. Choose life. 
Listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Oh, hello, hello, hello. It's Craig Shoemaker here. It's the Laugh It Off podcast. I haven't laughed a lot today. <laughs> it's not always what it's about, right? It's true. Eventually, though, it needs to be. It's part of the intention. It's part of. Listen, if you're selling somebody a car, I'm going to come up with some analogy off the spot. <laughs> No, I don't even know if it'll work. So if you come up with a, if you sell them a car, you have to have something you, you eventually drive it. Have to have, has to have wheels? It has to have wheels, but you also have to drive the thing eventually. So if we're saying, laugh it off with Craig Shoemaker, and then they tune in and they go, ha! That's not funny. I'm not driving anywhere here. There's, there's no laughter. Well, there's small laughs. We're here with one of the top comics. Speaking of laughter, we're one of the top comics in the country, Kyle Cease. We don't need to even go over the resume. Ten things I hate about you. That was your big breakthrough. Am I right that was, about that? Yeah, that was a professionally. That was the first thing I auditioned for, even. Really? Really. So I, you, so you were in L.A. You're from Seattle. It was in Seattle. Oh, really? I took a casting director's class, and my friends were like, "Don't take an acting class. It's going to be a waste of time." And I was just funny in the class. And then a couple of weeks later, the movie Ten Things I Hate About You needed this bit part filled, and then I went in there completely oblivious to the idea that luckily I didn't hear anybody telling me I needed to have a resume or experience until after I went in for the audition <laughs> and right. was this total cheesy guy and was so oblivious to that I needed those things that not only did I get the part but they rewrote it to six and a half weeks and it became a, like a decent sized part it was for one line before and then it became a recurring character and if I had known 
that I needed a resume or needed a you know the headshot, I would have gone in there and I would have been in resistance in my head. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't because that interesting? you you would have an agenda. And you I have to do it right. this way. Again, we're conditioned. This is the way you audition. Right. You go in with the sides. You say hello. You don't shake hands. I mean, there's all these rules. Now you're in your head and not even yourself. And you just went in and yeah. go, hey, this is fun. And I and I moved to L.A. Second audition ever. Burger King commercials became the Burger King guy. Oh really? No, no. <laughs> No, I'm not kidding. I, I went. I went to L.A. Did one gig on the way back. Met an agent on the plane sitting next to me. Became my agent. Gets me the first audition. Become the Burger King guy. Third, third or three or the four. The Burger days King after, guy. Yeah, what like does I, that mean? I, I, I did. It was the, the spokesman for. Yeah, I, I was the king. And no, now I was you the, eat all raw food. I was the spokesman. Yeah, I know. I you, know. know. you must feel dirty. <laughs> I did a series of Burger King commercials where I was like. This kid on a football field. You might remember this because you love football. Yeah. This kid on a football field. Now this is ten years ago. Okay. Picture a kid on a football field, and the, the and they Burger King. The commercial is like at Burger King. We thought we're always trying to make have it your way better. Like this, we had an idea for a kid to run back a football and win a million dollars. And then it shows this kid on a football field, and this they kick the ball off to him. The second he catches it, the entire team tackles him, and then a big fat guy jumps on top. And then like the next week, it's like a, he, he he gets four. Passes uh -huh. or t down yeah. so each week is the next week, and he's more and more beat up, and the fat guy keeps jumping on top. It was huge at the time, but it, it ran very quick. But it was a series, and so it became like that kid. And this is your this is your entree to L.A. This is how it happened. It happened naturally, and you didn't try to force it. Now, I, now, Sarah, speaking of forcing, you sure. Um, <laughs> What is up with you today? You have a whole other thing going on. Is there something that you want to like express yourself to me or Kyle or? Um, uh. <laughs> there was a I pause was, there. See, there was a pause. No, I was stressed out about my. I'm still a little bit about my computer not working. The mouse that stresses really? me out. Yeah, a little bit. Just, I think that this this is a. But I'm a, This is a mandate on what's going on well, with our society. Well, you guys are talking, that we're, so I'm listening. We're, I'm being a good listener. No, this goes on way before this. There's something going on with you today. No, I'm in a. I was in a fantastic mood. You I, were. Yeah, it's when stuff on my computer happens. I I just go nuts. I I mean, it's this thing where I just want to throw it like, and I I like Joel saw me. I was just like. Because I, it's my, and it's I letting go of attachment. So she didn't break it. But stuff yeah. happened. See, this is what I'm saying, though, is like, do we have that much attachment to a, to a computer? Right. I, this is what I worry about with my children. Is it really you're that attached? Well, also because you're gonna tomorrow, I'm gonna be at your house, and you're gonna want emails. And if okay, my computer right. doesn't that's, work, that's that's yeah. Okay, now just put it on me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm gonna be at your house dealing with your emails. <laughs> so I would true. be much better if I had this computer, but I wouldn't care. I'll just tell you, be honest, I wouldn't care if your computer was broken and you couldn't do emails tomorrow. I wouldn't care whatsoever. I do care more about being here and having fun and having some laughs. Man, right? You're giving me such a reflection of me. Like, <laughs> I had an issue, Craig, where I was, I, was, I was trying to figure something out. And, like, a few nights ago, I was just, I was stressing and I... And Amanda was the only one there, and I just vocalized what my problem was. And I, she's such an amazing sweetheart. And I have this conditioning in me. This is coming to a point. And I have this conditioning in me that in my past relationships, like every girl I've ever been with, like I condition in myself that I'm in trouble. And, you know, I get scared even to check an email in front of them in the, in the old days. Because in the old days, I was a touring comic in my 20s and stuff. And what is really weird is I had this inner issue where Amanda just sat there and I just was like, 
it's because you're next to me and I can't and I think you're judging me and I kept saying this stuff and like it's it's so funny because like I'm hearing like I'm in a place where I'm seeing this totally different like that you're because what you're saying is what you're going through in other words like you're saying you're saying you bring this thing from before today you're saying that to Sarah and and I was thinking to myself how you were saying at the beginning that you came here all pissed off about something yeah and so my point is that I I'm feeling what <laughs> I went through the other night with you because I the next day was like Mandy I am so sorry like she did nothing you know what I mean and I'm just saying like with you you want this to be real I'm being real with you right now like I'm just saying that I like, got it but but you know what you know but you but it's in, it's in a way that isn't constructive because if you're if you're if you constantly come from that I see myself in you I constantly see myself in you it takes away what we have going I was just talking to her about something completely different and then you then you put on the I'm your analyst the advice guy See no, I I'm just, trying to yeah. say that, that that's what I'm, I'm just that, trying to be that, honest with what I'm saying I know I'm you're being honest but that being honest is a different situation if you're if you then get into somebody's conversation you go, wait a minute it's time for me to be honest right now. I'm trying to have a conversation to clear this, whatever is going on here. And you're saying, wait a minute, I'm stepping in as the therapist, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not being a therapist. You. That is what it is. No, I'm how do you want me to be to make this show good for you? That's Well, first of all, pounding on the table, you can't do that. I meant to tell you that. But anyway, that's all the But I'm saying like I'm... What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is, and I think Sarah, this is what I was trying to get to before, is Sarah said to you off the air, Kyle, I wish you would laugh more. No, okay. no, that and and yeah, and I. So said, what was that? And it has nothing to do with Kyle. It has because I have Kyle's one of my best friends, and I love the way that he talks about things because I I love to look at that, and I and I don't get offended when somebody has advice for me just because maybe I look to other people more to give me advice than I instead of looking to myself. So, but I, I I love talking with him. But I have two best friends, Kyle and Tomas, funniest people I know. And they like aren't huge laughers, and you've said that too. Like we know that, like that. Uh, and so it's just, like it's my insecurity where I'm like, God, I just wish Kyle would laugh a little bit more. <laughs> like well, I and, yeah, I said. there's there's two things. And I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, that's why I wanted you to bring it to the air. But then Kyle got into this thing of, uh, well, you you, why make it later and now and all that. I'm saying, yeah, bring that up on the air because I was thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, why aren't we more light? So we have a thing called guided lapidation. You just told me that Mickey did a whole thing on how deep he was yeah, and everything. Yeah, he did. He's well, not a comic. But <laughs> so, I'm not only a comic, too. I have. I'm I know that. Show. I know that. But but you see, you have people that are listening right now. Right. Okay? I, th I sense that you're being defensive. Okay? You have people that are listening right now. Okay? That they hear you're a comic. And they hear all the theories and, and, and the, 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 sensitive, the sensitive side and, and advice and so forth. And then Sarah's saying something as simple as, I wish you'd laugh more. But so why don't you talk about that? Talk about how you don't laugh. Talk about talk about, I laugh when talk I about think your process. Funny. Right. Talk about he your just process. Doesn't think I'm very funny, and that's okay. <laughs> no, I. That's, he doesn't it, think you're very when, funny. When every comic knows. He doesn't think I'm funny either. <laughs> every comic knows that when a comic a lot of times watches another comic, it's like a magician learning yeah. or watching another magician. It's I'm not like, that way. I laugh at comedy. Awesome. I, absolutely. I, I so love. I love to laugh my comedy, ass off. But what what makes me laugh? Watch the table. Is a place that is 
so bizarre that it doesn't like in other words right. that a comic sees it's like a, a jazz musician he's like okay well but maybe we can maybe we can if you would be willing maybe you can recreate that story that you're telling yourself because you you're talking about a lot of other people and their stories and advice and stuff like that maybe you can listen to what we're saying to you is Maybe you can Should take I a just step laugh back more and fake it. No, 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 no. Maybe you can. Maybe you can actually be here in the now and say, "Wow!" Uh, instead of me defending and saying, "Well, it's because of jazz and all these reasons and and stuff like that." Why can't you I was talk more, about? In my opinion, I felt like I was talking analogies and just trying to mm -hmm. tell right, you. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's, what, it, I wasn't defending anything, in my opinion. Okay. And to be clear, I don't. I'm not saying I want you to laugh more. I, it's my insecurity. I where, think you're yeah. hilarious. Right. <laughs> I do. Right. I just see things in a way yeah. that's like, it, it, uh, wow. Like I see it with an appreciation that's like, wow, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't throw out laughs if I don't feel like laughing. Like, great. There's things well, that I mean, make me laugh. Well, like, let's talk about it. What does make you laugh? Uh, very, very far, alternative, bizarre. Like I love the show Tim and Eric. I do love some elements of Family Guy. I love. What Andy happened? Kindler. Did anything happen to you? Patton Oswalt. I cry laughing at Patton Oswalt. And and so and I what is it? Hysterical. What is it that happens in your life that you go, man, that made me laugh? Like, what's the type of thing that makes you laugh? Um, my buddy Justin and I, I think that we've created this slew of inside jokes that are that are extremely bizarre and funny. And when I start thinking of him, like maybe it stems from he and I laughing all the way through childhood up. But like we've created this. Oh, you grew up bizarre, with him? Yeah. But this bizarre universe of alternative in our own, not alternative, like the alternative right. scene, like our own thing. You know, I have but, that with my friends with the uh, with with the stupid stuff. Yeah. It's the it's the dumbest inside jokes. Mm -hmm. Like he he, you know that one. <laughs> Did I tell you about that? Yeah. We were sitting around. We wanted to be famous when we were kids. Mm -hmm. I had a little gang of guys, me and Cerami, George, Tommy. This all, this group of guys, and we said, how are we going to be famous? Not from being a comedian or an artist. We thought we'd come up with a catchphrase that everyone would do, and it would sweep the nation, and we would get the credit for it. Remember that group of guys came up with, what's up? Remember that, what's up, what's up? Yeah. We, this is ours that we came up with. <laughs> so, so now you guys chuckle. I think i Did that spread? You, you, I feel like I, that's... Really? I don't know. I, I would love it if it did familiar. spread, because we tried to spread it to the point where we tried to break into the Philadelphia Phillies broadcast booth. We're in high school. We did it at pep rallies. One, two, three, hee, hee. No one went along with it, but we thought they would. Why? When would you think people would say hee, hee? Well, when you do something devilish, you, you know. <laughs> I laughed at that. For real. <laughs> that was real. The way you did it was funny to me. <laughs> so, because she's doing it while she's asking. Right. So she goes, so, like, like imagine if you had an argument where you needed that sentence. <laughs> like, you're just like, and then all the time you're like, hee, hee. And I'm sitting here like, hee, hee. Like, you're like, that was a good hee, hee, by the way. And, what's that? Kyle could be in our group. That was a good hee, hee. That was pretty good because most people really don't know how to do it. And, of course, it's a little private joke with me and Cerami. We try to break in to the booth at the vet at Veterans Stadium. We have our hand on the knob. We figured as soon as it gets out over the air, we're going to yell it out as they're broadcasting, long fly ball, Mike Schmidt. <laughs> we thought that they it would get out, and we got <laughs> caught, though, and beat up. Cerami was pounded. He, they just pounded. He's a bloody pulp, 13 guys. So it's a we victory ran away. statement. Yeah, it's victory. It's devilish. And here's so like, the, but I, we did a victory, though. I'll tell you what happened. They have a court in Veterans Stadium, and they took us into the court. And Cerami's a bloody pulp, and the guy goes, come on up here, the judge. And he knew that he could have been sued, 
So he gave us four tickets to the next game, <laughs> all the way at the top of the stadium. But we were up there going, <laughs> so we felt awesome. victorious because you know they were fifty cents a piece, probably the tickets. But we felt like we got over on the man. So the he he did work. So he's my private joke guy. Mm-hmm. Like you guys probably wouldn't be laughing a lot at he he, <laughs> but, but every time I get together with Cerami. We are we're always doing it, and uh, we we just had so many stories like that of these little private yeah. moments. Yeah, I have make you, because it's a comfortability that, with your friends. Yeah, and, and yeah, there is something, and there's also an evolving when you stay with someone for a long time. Like there, an evolving yeah. of comedy that, that the joke stacks on the joke, and, and it takes it to a bizarre layer. And a lot of times, a reason that I don't laugh at stuff that that the public can laugh at is because that would have to be the first layer of the joke. Do you know what I mean mm-hmm. by that? Like, So you're at this place where what's funny to you when you've watched comedy your whole life, you're at a place where it's almost doesn't make It's almost another language. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but if you break it down, though, I think a lot of it has to do with some sort of empathy we were talking about earlier is you're empathizing with some humiliation mm-hmm. or something that you have felt and you're connecting with that too. feeling. And that's why a lot mm-hmm. of times you and I will laugh at, uh, like you're talking about, you mentioned some quote-unquote alternative comics, because they're taking it to a whole other way. they're spoofing comedy. Yeah, you exactly. I mean? And they're spoofing that first huh. level. Right. And, and there's a satire that I really can appreciate. But I'll tell you some, a specific thing to give you an idea of my humor that is very funny to me. It probably won't work. Like In other <laughs> words, because like, I developed this with my buddy for years, you know, so I understand that. I don't know if it'll be funny to you. But there's a there's terms that we call please me's because one time about 15 years ago I was with a girl and she goes I just want you to know that you please me and we thought <laughs> that that term was so like like please me you know so it was just like and then we started creating words that there is a please more, me in in every respect or like just, just the to say please me versus you it felt good when you did that right, or, right. and so we started creating a slew of words that. There are more common words for, but if the if you say the word that's not the, as common of a word, it's a please me. Meaning like if you don't say pants, but you say trousers, or if you say <laughs> picture show instead, or like grandmas say, right. you know, if you say icebox instead of fridge, or right. I'm gonna go for a trot or whatever. <laughs> and, then, and then our life started becoming just noticing like dessert menus at expensive restaurants are full of please me. Is when it's like decadent, smothered, you know, like <laughs> words that you would never say. And and and, right. and Family Guy kind of taps on that when it's like, what, what do you call it, Cool Whip? Because you know people that are like <laughs> that. And um, right. And so at one point, I think the hardest I've ever laughed in my life was we were at my cabin and there was a a Fourth of July parade going on and these boats were going by and the neighbor woman was like, she was like 60 years old and she was in a jumpsuit and she was standing off the edge of her dock holding an American flag out, waving it at the boats. It was the corniest thing you've ever seen. And my buddy Mark goes, God, a fucking walk-in please me. <laughs> like, a walking please me. Like, I've never seen a three-dimensional, you know... Um, and then we, ch- we uh, evolved that to things that we called that were Richard Gere. Or Garfield, which are things that are extremely romantic in movies, but no one would really ever do. Like taking your coat off and putting it over a puddle so a woman can walk <laughs> over it. Right. Or, 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 you know, tipping the maitre d'. Or, or a total Richard Gere thing would be chasing a woman in the rain while you're holding a newspaper over your head in the dark. 
<laughs> and then Garfield things are daytime things you'd never do. Like like being in this position on a surfboard, you know, or holding a boombox to your ear. Or sl- 80s things are a lot like sliding glasses down to look at a girl. Yeah. You know, when he slides. <laughs> you know what's really weird is everything he's Garfield. named I do. <laughs> including the puddle. That's exactly how you surf. Just... I, well, if I did know how to surf, I would do it in the Garfield way. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. the, 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 a lot of the things you named, I'm going, oh, geez, I do that. You do that? You, well, you it's because I'm a please me this. guy. <laughs> I'm a please me guy. I put the puddle. I've done a lot of that stuff that supposedly, that's what was wrong with my marriage before, is I did too many of those things that totally. were supposed to look good. I mean, I know that feeling. Yeah, we're, I mean. Uh, we give them flowers right off the bat, and we love it. And right. You, you complete me, and then. Oh, and I did. I, I, here's a mistake I made with flowers: is I would always buy because I had my little stubborn thing with flowers that they die. Mm-hmm. I would say but they die. Why do you want to give something something that dies? So I, I would I would always give women potted flowers that we could plant <laughs> together and yeah. watch the flowers grow. And I thought, based on movies, that this sounds so romantic. And meanwhile, every woman I ever tried this with. A, this asshole gave me a potted plant, <laughs> and he wants me to grow it with him? What kind of an idiot is that? I'm going, but I thought it would please you. I really yeah. thought it would work. I mean, Not at, not at the beginning of a relationship. That's uh, more see, like a see, you're copping it, too, just like those women. Yeah, because it, it is. It's a little too much too soon. At the beginning, when you're supposed to, like, or when you give flowers, if you get, I want to watch this grow with you, it feels a little suffocating. Okay. <laughs> Or, well, what if yeah, it, it's also like it's a given that we're going to have to be around at least the life of this plant. Right. <laughs> like, this date's going at least six months. I don't know how long plants grow. Yeah, but, but. fresh cut flowers, you're, you're going to last two days together. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't make any So you watch them wilt, just like you're watching. It doesn't make any sense to me. But I guess, now what if they were with a woman for a long time? Yeah, and you, it's a beautiful you got, gift. It I, is? Yeah. You yeah. would like the potted flowers? Totally. If I didn't feel suffocated at the beginning by it, <laughs> I would I, like it later I don't on. open up with the potted plant. I was at okay. an event once, and, he, and the, uh, like a couple, uh, actually this last week, and the guy said something so interesting. He said, a lot of times a guy will do something on a date, like uh, want the girl to see that he's into a book right. or something. Yeah. So he'll go, oh, I'm going to loan this to you and read it. And and so the in the guy's mind, like she'll have to give it back. But what the truth is, is the girl's thinking, crap, now I have to read a book I don't know. <laughs> and I'm scared to give it back to him. Like I'm scared to call him. And I uh, like... You feel like you're being tested because because I can't give it back if I didn't read it. And he said, so when a guy gives a girl a book on a date, like he'll never hear from her again. <laughs> really? Yeah, because he said that you're you're not thinking from her side later. You know, she's, right? Ninety nine percent of the time, we're talking about crap they don't care about. You know, and then we're like, here, here's this book about it. And then there's like, oh, that's what drives me crazy. Please you and take this. Yeah, well, what and, drives me crazy? These books are all about please me because they yeah. give you lists of here's how to get a man, here's how to keep a woman, here's how to you know what I mean? It's, That's the other thing. Is they're always the giving the books on how to be free or exactly. and not yeah. with me. And then you're no. reading the book. Yeah. <laughs> That's the irony is. So you're going That's with all these from standards me. from someone else. And basically, here's the bottom line is, are you being authentic? Right. And I was not authentic with my ex. I, would, I, I remember one time, it was always that prove me, please me thing. I always want to prove that I loved her. So mm. she like one, And one of the things was listening. So I wanted to prove, especially being a comic who supposedly is self-obsessed and not listening, I would prove to her, mm-hmm. she said one time, I need a rocker for when the baby's born. And I went out and I got her a rocker for her 40th birthday. And I never got a worse gift in my life. <laughs> yeah. I've done that. I did a scale one time. She said, hey, we need a scale for the house. So I gave her for a present. I'm going to two for one. I'm get- so it shows that I'm listening, 
But even as I'm buying the scale, <laughs> even the like, guy's going, you're getting it for what? For Valentine's Day? <laughs> even the guy by selling really me funny. the scale is saying, no, you don't want to do this. <laughs> this is not a good move. But I'm going, it'll please her. It'll show that I'm listening. And then she'll love me, and then and I'll she'll... feel good about myself. Exactly. Well, first of all, I, I'm figuring out, I do laugh at shit. Because I've been <laughs> laughing for the last ten minutes at this. It was the state we were in. We were all in a place where we're all trying to figure our crap out at the same time. Right, and, so and that's like, why I was trying to clear yeah. it out, Kyle. That's why I'm in control of this show. <laughs> that's what I was feeling, and I wanted to clear that out and get that out of the way. And it took a freaking hour. Hey, <laughs> so, but it was interesting. And you yeah. know what? We all I, Maybe we just all had different methods, so I didn't understand. We that. all had different you know methods. I mean? Exactly right. Yeah. But this is called Laugh It Off. It's in the title. We have more of Laugh It Off coming up. That means we're taking a break right now. My show will be called uh, Don't Laugh About It. Just be in the moment and be sad. <laughs> so, That's right. Yeah, just be sad. People just know it. Break it down. I love, I gotta Kyle, how can we find you? got to check out his video, his hour video that you just did. Oh. That's so funny. Where you Something that made me laugh so hard is when you said, like, letting it go by reflecting on it. Like, that whole piece. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to check it out. It's so funny. Oh, I, How I can was, we find you, by the way? Um, you hear can, that music means we need to like yeah, get yeah, to yeah, the... Yeah, like. Yeah. I want to know... Damn, I wanted to tell you about Pendulum. It's the craziest <sighs> thing ever. But... Well, we can come back another day. By the way, I want to thank you for... You were going to be my replacement today and host it. I want to thank you for coming in because that's why you... You know what would have happened if I replaced you? I what? would have gotten into an argument with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I like hey that. dude that was Craig good. I love so, you and I think we should totally get together and and we're all and all of us are in a place of trying to figure our crap out and I'm so thankful that right you know I got mine figured together. out everything's figured out for me completely oh, 100% I'm, yeah I'm elevated yeah, so yeah. so oh, they, I, I want to know can, how they can get a hold of you um, Kyle I'm trying I'm to get to a, this I, okay this is this airing right now yeah it's, it's airing okay. right now live. I'm doing a three-day event this weekend actually oh. here uh John Lovett's comedy club Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. They can check it out at kylecease.com uh, and click the events page. Also, they can write me at kylecease at Yahoo. It's going to be Spell unbelievable. It. Kyle, his last name is C-E-A-S-E. -E, the yeah. way it spells ceasefire. And, uh, it's I bet Kyle you've Cease. said that before, haven't yes. you? Yes. When you have to explain. My dad was in, in boot camp, and they yelled ceasefire, and he just kept shooting. Ceasefire! <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, I am. Was that, seriously, was that one of your first jokes ever? <laughs> that's yeah, a great that's one. apparently a true story. Like, like they, because he was also, earlier that commander was like, Ceasefire! Johnson, fire, and blah, blah, blah. And so they all, but then it was like, everyone ceasefire or whatever, and dad just kept shooting. Was that ever in your act? That's funny. No, it is funny, isn't it? Yeah, you should put that in. <laughs> My comedy partner desisted recommended it. <laughs> I'm in movies. It's cease and desist. Uh, go see him at uh, kylecease.com and uh, Facebook him and all that kind of stuff because Kyle posts really great videos. Really great. They're not only funny, but they're also thought-provoking, compelling, it. transformational, and uh, that's the world that he's in. That's uh, at youtube.com slash kylecease. Oh, there you go. There's yeah. a lot of places to see you, but we're happy to see you here. Uh, Kyle Cease, we have Rich Hebert is coming up after the break. Rich was, is in the play Billy Elliot, which I saw last night. I'll let you know how I met Rich originally a long time ago, and we'll have some fun. I actually might sing. In the, Yay! It's kind of like what I'm looking forward to because yeah. my authentic self wants to sing, but I've been putting it away for a long time. Maybe Rich can bring it out of me. We have much more of Laugh It Off with Craig Shoemaker and everyone else. After these, uh... Sarah Sweet, that's what my name is. <laughs> Enjoy, and guys. The rest. Funny. I think I think you're one of the funniest people I know. I really do. Show. It's just a lot of times we talk we about issues. We go to break issues. as they're talking. Fade them out there, Joel. <laughs> Listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching.
At the Toad Hop Network, Tuesdays are now Tastier Tuesdays as we open our doors at 3 p.m. to you, our beloved viewer, so you can watch your favorite podcast live on the big screen right below where it's actually happening and enjoy $3 draft beers until 11 p.m. That's right, Tastier Tuesday at the John Lovitz Comedy Theater at Universal City Walk. There's no cover charge, $3 beers, and $3 valet parking after 7 p.m. Tastier Tuesday with $3 beers. This and every Tuesday at the Toad Hop Network.
live from Universal Studios Hollywood in beautiful Los Angeles, California. ToadHopNetwork.com. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. Mm hmm. I thought that maybe worth Joel watching. Geist, who is a genius at this sort of thing, that he might play a clip from Billy Elliot. I have that for the next commercial break. You do? Yeah. He's here now. Well, I mean, but <laughs> he's, he's also going to be here. Is he a, not? Did I screw that up? He's not here tomorrow. No, no he's leaving. The, <laughs> he's, 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 they're just here on a, they're on a five-week run, man. you got to get that in now. We have a whole other hour. Yeah, play it right now. Uh, you got right. it ready? No. I got it. Never mind. I do. I played it before, too. And by the way, this is... This, I was a young man. Oh, man. That's not you? Unfortunately, I couldn't get... I Rich, I lied and cast. said that it was. I actually knew there wasn't you either. Well, this guy can't sing, though. Oh! <laughs> I love that! Speaking in the microphone, I know you guys don't okay. use microphones. Sure. Although, in that scene, you do. You, you don't use a microphone. Use, yeah, you I do. So, I use a microphone. So you guys are micro- mic'd. You guys are really doing it. No, they're you have mic'd. We have these little oh. mics uh, on in their heads. heads but we also, I, I have a handheld. In How do you feel about using mics in theater? I think it's wonderful. Yeah, yes. it doesn't blow out I, your cords. That's I can do more than one show a week. <laughs> he yeah. does a lot of theater, by the way. Yeah. But uh, I go way back with him in the days. No microphones. Okay. No, no. Mi- they, didn't, they didn't have those things in the head when I first met you. By the way, you're on camera, so whatever miming you're doing, we're, we're, we're catching it all. He just did a mime like, give me a pop, what? give me a shot. Is that what that well, was? was? Give me a drink. To me. I was just miming he, back. He was, you were, <laughs> I was like, do this. He's not on camera. It looked like you were doing that the, the, the universal symbol for a blowjob okay. with a big penis. All right, then. That's what you did. That's the universal. That's the universal. So, yeah. so what were you asking? Did he wants water? No, you're trying I, I to get him a water? Move, move, the the oh, move the microphone. Oh, that was a microphone that he did. Move the penis. It was, like we're just, we were just talking about the, uh, the microphone. I met you when, they, you know the microphones in the head? Yeah. Which, by the way, disturbs me because I always think to myself, they didn't have these back in the day. No. And it looks, it looks like you literally have a giant cockroach built into your, your uh, head, your scalp. Does it look like that when you watch the play? Yes, of course it They're does. Not as bad as they depends used to be. On the, it they depends used to on the worse. people's head. And yeah. now if they're bald, they're screwed. Yeah. 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 I, we share that, by the way. We have that in common. <laughs> it's like, Do you ever actually look at other fel- fellow big-headed people and sort of wink at them? You know how you have to drive a car? Yes. And you have a certain car, and you high-beam them if it's the same car? Have you ever done <laughs> that? You no. high-beam them like, yeah, if you're driving a Mustang, you see, see another. Mazda. <laughs> yeah, if you Mazda see Mazda. No, it's like an unusual car. If you have like a Mustang GT or something, you go boop, boop, you give them the little high-beam. I do that with big-headed people. That's how I know Rich. You, we we gave each other the wink in '87. We have sympathetic heads. Yeah. We yeah. My sister used to call me the human eclipse. She's, she'd be sunbathing. I walk by and that was it. No sun was hitting her body with my giant head. I'm an I, eight. What do you got? I like. I have no idea. But I like. <laughs> really? I like when when people who have really big heads and everybody else knows it kind of make fun of you because you have a big head. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Just happened recently, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. And it, it just was right kinda, now, actually. No, not, not this one. Not this one. But he was kind of busting on me. And we, me and the rest of the group had already been talking about the fact that that I have a big head and that this guy does. And then he showed up, and he kind of busted me on having a big head, and everybody just kind of... <laughs> I can't believe you don't know your head size. I this don't. Been a, a, the it's, problem is in theater. I've done theater in the past... I remember one time I was playing a king and I needed a crown. They literally like had to open up the back of the crown and put like uh, <laughs> and, and put like rubber bands. Silly yeah. so, that, so that the and so I couldn't elastic. ever turn around to the audience. They couldn't see the back because they'd see this big elastic thing. <laughs> the deal, it's, we're, we're size eights, by the way. I just thought I'd let you know. Big ass head. Yeah, big ass head. Yeah. And um, 
I, there's a theory, you know, that we become famous if you have a big head. That's I don't what know whatever happened to us. Mm-hmm. How about necks? Uh, I had a girl who was interested in me because I had a big neck. <laughs> and she meant my neck. Yeah. And But, like, I mean, look at, like, Travolta and he has a Tom big neck? Hanks. Yeah, oh, all yeah. these people See, have big necks. You're like I am with big head people. I've got my big head list. Yeah. And you have your big neck list. Big neck list. Because you have both. Yes. <laughs> You've got both yeah. going and for it you. It goes right into it, actually. I'm, it's I'm, like one big head <laughs> and neck. Now everyone's oh, going to yeah. tune in, in the video. <laughs> they want to see the video of this. But the, big necks. I, I, what, how is that? Like, how could that be sexually pleasing? Like, I want to date a guy with a big neck. Now, you, why don't you say that right to Rich's face? <laughs> Look at me in the eye. Well, yeah, sure, yeah, fine, by the I'm way, sure. you looked right at me as, as thin neck when you said that. Talk to the big neck over here and say, boy, you must not be very sexually pleasing there. No, you you better have a good voice with that neck. No, because I, I, I don't know it. I don't know what that means, a girl that looks at guys with, with big necks. Because I don't people get it. have different tastes. And she apparently likes the big neck people. She likes the necks. The big heads. Supposedly become famous because it looks good on screen. You know Merv Griffin. Remember him? Sure. Merv Griffin. Do you know who he is? He, you don't know. He had, uh, I've he, got a lo- lovely bunch of coconuts. Oh, uh, I've got lovely bunch. Of yeah, coconuts. Well, it was him. That's <laughs> funny that you would go with that reference. Yeah. I wasn't going As there with to Merv Wheel Griffin. Of Fortune, As opposed which, to he invented, he created Wheel of Fortune, yeah. Jeopardy, multi-billionaire. He used to have his own show, of which comics would want to be on that show. Did you he, do that show? Merv Griffin. I never did the Merv Griffin show, but he had a, he had a talk show, and he and he would always fawn over people. Oh, <laughs> oh, the way you look. Oh, you're gorgeous. Oh, and 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 you know, oh, Zsa, Zsa. Oh, he loved the Gabor sisters. Yeah. Anyway, so there's a whole thing with Merv Griffin, and there was also a rumor, right, that he was uh, hitting for the other team, and that's yeah. how yeah. stuff. Well, As not they say in Billy Elliot. That's right. They do. He's a poof. He's a poof. Yeah. He's a poof. Well, there was a rumor. <laughs> a there was a rumor that he was a poof. poof. And that certain, I think there was like Denny Terrio and David Soul. There were supposedly like he made them wear underwear on their head to get their parts and things. And yeah. you know there was lawsuits and all. <laughs> there was a rumor of all this, right? I've supposedly, <laughs> I'm saying it was a rumor. I'm not saying it was true. So. I also heard the rumor that he picked Vanna White for Wheel of Fortune because of her big head. Oh, so okay. I so had an interview thing, yeah. with Merv. He was Full producing circle. a show, and he said, come meet me in my office. And I'm going, oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> I literally had a getaway car, and I had to meet it. It was at the Beverly Hills Hotel, uh-huh. and he has an office there. So I, I was there waiting the car. Okay, hopefully this will be fast. And he's auditioning me, and I was nervous. I said, I, I, I have to watch the underwear I'm wearing in case it ends up on my head. <laughs> you never know. This is what's going through my, my mind at the time. But it's for my own TV show that he was producing. I go in there, and there's a whole bunch of people. Oh, thank God. So he starts going. It's the type of guy he would wax on about anything. You know, mm. He would say uh, he has pictures on the wall, and he would just name somebody. Uh, Ronald Reagan. He goes, oh, Ronnie, Ronnie and I, um, we skydive together. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing. Anything you would name, he would have a, sub- a story for it. So I said, no, I finally, I said, listen, I don't care if I get this job or not. I just want to know one thing. Is it true you pick Vanna White because of her big head. And if that's the case, I'm your man, Merv. Because look at this. I got an eight. So he goes, oh, it's true. <laughs> oh, yes. She didn't have eight by ten. She had eight and a half by eleven. I mean, <laughs> and he talked about her big head, and that's how he chose her. Did so he it was, own the it was Beverly actually, Hills Hotel? He owned that, too. Yeah. He owned a lot of things. Yeah. He owned half of Atlantic City. But uh, we're here with Rich Hebert, by the way. And Rich Hebert is a... Uh, I mean, uh, a guy that's. Uh, have you seen his uh, resume, Sarah? Yeah, Did you I totally look it up? looked. And I read some interviews, and I'm so curious you about your four year hiatus. Oh. Yeah, and then yeah. getting back into theater <laughs> with Billy Elliot. Is that true? A four year hiatus? We yeah. have not. We've had a 10 year hiatus. We're right. old friends. The way we met was I saw Les Mis. 
at the Schubert Theater in 1989. I sat there. I couldn't leave the theater. They had to bounce me out with a flashlight because I was so devastated of how wonderful this was. <laughs> and I was crying my eyes out. And they were going, excuse me, sir, you're going to have to leave. I, go, I can't. I can't move. I can't move. I mean, part of me was going, I was just blown away by the performance. And part of me was going, I want to be up there. Yeah. This is the one thing I wanted to do in theater was be either Jean Valjean or Javert. So, I, so now several days later, by coincidence, again, the universe is in place. I'm playing basketball at the Y. And this guy comes up to me, and he goes, Craig Schumacher, right? And he starts talking to me. He goes, yeah, I love your comedy. I think you're great. And I'm going, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. And he goes, what's your name? And he goes, Rich Hebert. And I go, Jean Valjean? <laughs> you're Jean Valjean? I practically asked for his autograph. He was my favorite. I've seen it about 17 times I've seen oh. Les Mis. And he was my favorite Jean Valjean of all time. He this blew is my it out. Most, my favorite side of you is your geeky musical theater side. Right. It is so cute. Oh, I have a major, I have a major side. It's more than a side. That's why also I loved going to Billy Elliot last night. A lot of it's about that. You play yeah. the dad in Billy Elliot. Right. By the way, you are really made for that part. I am. It, oh, yeah. I love the confidence. Well, it's just I wasn't expecting. I was expecting. Oh, thank you. Not really. No, no I am. I, I am. Like I was meant to play you this role. You take four role. years off, and that's right. what you have to have. What's that? Some of them are deadly right. You know, sometimes yeah. you're deadly right for a part. A lot yeah. of times you aren't, and you have to fit your way in there. Yeah. But this one I was, and my dad. You know, I grew up. I grew up in a project in Massachusetts. Uh, my dad was worked for the highway department. We, you know, we we got. Uh, food from the government and stuff like that. We would get a turkey from the uh, at, at Thanksgiving the from the uh, from like the clubs, the right. elks, the elks or something, right. you know. Mm -hmm. So and, that's and what actually, they do. I actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what the elks and they the rotaries. I was wondering oh, yeah. turkeys. That's the kids in the projects. <laughs> yeah. like and so I mean, I, I knew I knew from once that came. And there's one point where I have to uh, cross the picket line. And I think of the shame that that I used to feel as a little boy yeah. when that turkey would show up. Yeah, and it, I, there's, there's a lot of things mm. I use in this show. That yeah, so that, you truly do the the, the method acting almost oh, you, in a you, big way. Yeah, you, in a big way. And each and every single performance you're doing that. every friggin' time. Really, and, and it, I'll tell you, there's in that show. There's a certain point in that show where it gets kind of tough for me, as as for my character. Wow, and. I don't look forward to that part of the show. Interesting. But I have to go through it every time. And you and go through what, that emotional moment every single performance. And you're doing eight performances a week? Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And uh, this is, now it's in Los Angeles at the Pantages. I was there yeah. last night. Oof. I can't wait and to And by see the way, it. Rich, Rich, it really is so good in the part that I know the guy, and I was going, where's Rich? Uh, I mean, it, it was I've like, had a few people yeah. say that who've come to the L.A. Produ production who know me over the years, yeah. who I went to college with. Yeah. Um, you even look heavier. Like that. Me? Do you put something in there during no, the performance? That's called good life. <laughs> it's called four years off. <laughs> yeah, four years <laughs> off. That's, that's what he did on hiatus. i got to tell you the Four hiatus. years off and I ate. I should tell you about yeah. hiatus for a second because yeah. what happened was I was doing a show in Vegas called We Were Rocky. It was all Queen music. It was at the Paris. Yeah. And uh, I got to work with, I got to be on stage singing with Queen uh, a couple of times, which was amazing. You mean the group Queen? Yeah, next except to Brian for Freddie May, Mercury. Next to Brian right. May and Roger playing the drums. Wow. And our regular band was Meatloaf's band. Which was a great band, of course. And but a couple times 
you know, Rogers, uh, Brian's playing the guitar. I'm singing up against him. You know, it was like dream, wow. dream Oof. time. Man. And, and he's off stage. But now, hold on one second. Are yeah. you singing like Freddie Mercury? Or no. are you doing your interpretation of My the song? My interpretation. It was because okay. it, it, it was quite a convoluted story. Uh, it's still a really big hit in London right now. Uh, ben Elton wrote the music. Ben Elton's a big comedian. He wrote The Black Adder. He, mm-hmm. he wrote that show, The Black oh, I Adder. I love that show. Yeah. yeah. And, right on. And he and he's written a bunch of books and he, well he wrote and directed the show and you're doing this show in Vegas for a couple of years two right years, yeah two years yeah and uh, it hadn't they didn't bring it to New York and it's a huge huge hit in London still they're going to make a sequel actually mm-hmm. and we had killer killer people in the show killer singers and um, I'll tell you we we were doing that show we were supposed to run for ten years now I had never been in that kind of a thing they were like we don't we're critic proof we don't worry about that it's vegas yeah you know it's true. We, ju- we just want to it's the new broadway thing there are no vegas. critics there by the way i i played there one time they said write your own article about yourself nice and they just put it in the vegas machine they've literally put it in a magazine what i want to write i just wrote it about myself he's the greatest <laughs> <laughs> and it, that's they consider that a review there's no reviews no no i think whereas new york been, they we, literally go by the review on right. i'm not going to see this show and everything's about the re- oh, yeah, so you have no totally. pressure right with this show it's just a matter of all they care about is how many people are in the seats. Right. So if you're right. selling tickets, and that second how. show, because we would do ten shows a week, mm. and that second show, Jesus. which was at eleven o'clock at night or eleven thirty, everybody come in screaming and having a great time. In the second act, they were out. They were asleep. They fell everybody asleep. was so drunk. <laughs> really? Everybody was so drunk. Isn't that terrible? But I would. I, so the show closed after two years, and so I had just gotten married for the first time, uh, and. We had a we had a kid after a year, mm-hmm. and um, so it was like, all right, what do we do now? Well, my wife and, and all that Deepak Chopra shit that you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he loves when you it, call it the Deepak Chopra shit. I met but, Deepak. I, I talked to him one time. I love the way you shit. You call me shit, and uh, so but, you call me out on my shit. <laughs> I did actually when, did I, you really? when I met him. Yeah. Okay, so but, you you were going through the Deepak Chopra shit at right. the time. Well, I was. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And where am I going to live? Where am I? Am I going back to L.A.? Am I going to go to mm-hmm. New York? And, and my wife said, "Tough in your business." She yeah. said, "Can you guarantee me that you're going to get work in New York or L.A.?" And I said, "Not in this profession." I said, "No, I've been doing it for thirty years, but I can't guarantee you." Right. And she said, "Well, we need to change you up then." You know, oh, really? It's, yeah, because it's. You know what's really great about this, Sarah? I haven't talked to Rich in a while. He just called me out of the blue the other day. Right. This is our catch-up. It's in this front is of it. a few thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, I'm finding this stuff out for the first time. And so this is where you've been. So she's saying to you, she says, basically, you know, she wants stability. Stability, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, which is very understandable. And yet she married the man who was yeah. an actor for 30 years. She loved that part and, yeah. until it came until down it to came down to now. stability. Yeah. Right, yeah. I so had now, that problem, too. <laughs> so <laughs> now we're... You know, we have a kid, and so I, I said, yeah, yeah, I got to do this. So we went back to Massachusetts, which the only thing that – that's where I'm from, and yeah. if you haven't guessed. And and that's where my family uh, my family is and everything. And uh, I was kind of guaranteed a sort of maybe getting you into the uh, public school program as a teacher. Oh, okay. okay. So I started by um, substitute teaching, which – was the worst job I've ever had in my life, and I worked for the 
highway department, the sewer department. <laughs> I, I used to um, jackhammer for a, for a long time. Yeah, uh, and, I've done and, a lot. And of yeah, you'll take the stuff. jackhammer and the shit anything. job in the sewer anything. over kids. Anything. I mean, and, are they and still that payback. bad with substitutes? It was payback. We used to love. Oh, because we were horrible. I, I had something like you know, we used to pretend uh, you know, okay, you're going to have the epileptic fit this time, and then we're going <laughs> to pick you up and take you down to the to the nurse's office. I mean, there was. Lots of oh lots the of things that we did and, when yeah. we, and and there are certain ones though that's why I'm surprised that you were on the list yeah. because if you walked in I'd go hey we're gonna take time off on this dude yeah he's this dude scary. this not he's not gonna get thumbtacks on the chair no. or any of our little jokes he looks like he he'll kill us beat us yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's yeah he's from the projects now I'm gonna leave him he's getting turkeys from the Rotary Club <laughs> you know no. I would not mess with you and you're trying to tell me they still did well now they got cell phones. Oh, right. And texting, and, Ooh. you know, they would they would just check out. They would just, there was a drug deal in my class one time. I mean, I was I was doing shop, you know, and all of a sudden this new kid came in, and they're all talking. I see money come out. I said, hey, hey, get out of here, you know. <laughs> but, oh I mean, it was just lots. And, and the discipline is different now, too. You can't discipline them. Oh, it's. I it's, mean, you have all these rules you have to go yeah. by. Our, t- our p- teachers would beat us up. Yeah. Miss yeah. McCoy oh, yeah. took a knuckle to my temple because I was wearing glasses that weren't mine. Right. And she just kept ramming me <laughs> oh in the temple. God. Are those your glasses? Yes, they are. They're subscription. You know, I was in sec- I'm in second <laughs> grade. That's what I call them, subscription. She's wailing <laughs> at my head. And, and I thought to myself, can you, you can't get away. Another teacher, Mrs. Yeah. Stout, tied my hands behind my back and locked what? me in a closet for a whole day. Wow. And, yeah, she said, you stay on that box. And when substitutes came in, that's when you got your revenge because they didn't know who you were. Right. Remember? Right. Oh, yeah. We had Mrs. Flaccioni. Even the name. <laughs> she was right there, just ripe for us to attack. Right. Flaccioni? Are you serious? Nice. One time I pretended I was someone else uh-huh. because he was sick. He had mono. Remember mono? I'm sure. Everybody always had mono. Sure. So this guy, Mike Pitko, was out with mono. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, during my recess, during my lunch break, I took my tray, my lunch, and I just went and replaced him. So Mrs. Flaccioni was in there, so she didn't know. She'd go, what are you doing eating in here? I go, hey, you're interrupting my lunch. And I would like be told wise ass. i throw food. And she goes, what's your name? I go, Mike Pitko. So nice. Mike Pitko came back from having mono, and he was suspended. Nice. Because <laughs> I was Mike Pitko for days. I had hot girls in that class. I had that uh, something similar with the name thing once before. I, went, we were, I was in South Carolina doing uh, a, a play called The Foreigner. And the only place we could go at night to, to have any kind of fun was a gay club, and I had never been to a gay club before. So we were going in, and you had to sign in to this gay club. And so, um, so it's I, I like go communism. In, I, I, I went in, and I, I wrote Dave Clark because I had just been talking about the Dave Clark Five. So I wrote okay. Dave Clark. Yeah. So the guy behind me said, "Rich, why don't you sign your name?" I said, "I don't know. I might run for something someday or something. I, I don't want this." Oh gay my club. god! I might run for something. So That's wrote, right, right. That's what I mean, communism. So, so he signs in, Rich Hebert. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's great so that was good so now you so you're substitute teaching it because right. you wanted stability you're back in massachusetts right. you have a brand new baby you're brand you're newlyweds and right. the whole deal right things are so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming things aren't going well at home at this point that's not you, working right so another yeah. friend of mine says rich i can get you a job you can make some money you might not like this job but i can get you this job and it's a good job so what is it he said oh, selling cars me. for lexus and so uh, it's this guy Herb Chamber owned in Boston, in Massachusetts, owns thousands of dealerships. I mean, really, it's a, it's a massive. So he's thing. a multi-jillionaire. Oh yeah, and he, he knows you from theater. He doesn't know me, but this guy who works for him does. Okay, so I go in, I start selling cars. Now 
I don't know anything about cars. I mean, you, when people <laughs> say, when people say, you know, hey, what kind of car is? That, I wish you, know, you, I wish you would have told me you were doing this. I would have coached you. You should have sang to them. Well, sometimes, I sometimes I did. Did I you think, really? But yeah. Try <laughs> this car for a ride. <laughs> In your need. <laughs> That's what you should have done. That it was close. It was close to that. But you did. We I, you were like make we little had to wear jingles suits every day. And I I I don't own like a new suit, so I had like six really ratty suits. And I would. It, it, it took me a while to learn, you know, the whole the whole mm-hmm. thing. But they put to, they put you out on the floor right away. So I'm learning all sorts of things. And and you know you have to call you have to call people back who've showed up. And said, well, "Well, I'll think about it." So right. in the mornings, you have to call them up, and everybody sits there and has to call them. And they hate you. They hate, they hate you. you. <laughs> and, and 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 this one guy says to me, he he puts down the phone. He said, "Oh, I shouldn't have done that." Uh, he puts down the phone. He said, "I can't believe people talk to me like this." And I said, "Why not?" I said. You're a friggin' car salesman, man. <laughs> Everybody hates you. I hate you. I hate me because I'm you now. Like, <laughs> I even hate me. I I hated. Unbelievable. I, I sold cars. I sold like. So you're going from standing ovations on Broadway uh-huh. to, to and all to these guys. To get... All these guys saying to me, "What the hell are you doing here, man?" You know. And, wow, man. And and uh, so I actually made them fire me at one point because I had made a deal because I was on uh, what they call a draw. Um, mm-hmm. Which means right. they're giving me money, uh, just you know, weekly. But they're taking that money away every time I get, uh, I make yeah. a sale, yeah. a commission. Yeah, they're taking your commission. Yeah. Yes. And so at one point, I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm starting to sell cars, but I'm not making any money. You got to get rid of this draw for me." And he said, "All right, I'll get rid of it, Rich, if you promise not to quit, and, and for six months." And so I said, "Okay." So I made them fire me ultimately. I mean, because they would really? the managers they browbeat you really bad. I guess that's. The so this is where you were for four years. You no. were doing things like this. Yeah. yeah. Then I eventually, then I was School a teller teaching. at a bank. Teller at a bank? Yeah. I was a t- the oldest no wonder you didn't call me. No wonder you didn't call me for oh, years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it, it, I'm his old buddy, and of course, he knows that he's my favorite Jean Valjean. So imagine that humiliating call that he's got to make a shoemaker. And I'll go, hey, where are you playing? <laughs> Um, at a school. <laughs> Some days when they call me in. You need a car? You, know, you can come visit me at the bank. Right. <laughs> oh, that was horrible. The Bank of Boston or whatever. So you're still back bank. in Massachusetts? Yeah. And then Things I, must be miserable at home because you oh, are compromising. You're compromising yourself. Right. And yeah. what you love to do. Right. And which and for which, her for her sake. I use also in this show when I cross the picket line. Right. You know. Oh, um, yeah. But, but uh, for her and. And then I, I eventually got a job teaching college um, in in uh, Bridgewater State University. That's not so bad. No, that I, was that I was loved, pretty cool. I and did you it. teach theater? It was, yeah, it was all voice? sorts of theater courses. All He's such a great awesome. voice. You know, after the break, maybe he'll sing for you, Sarah. Ooh, it's yes. It's going to make you melt. I can't wait. Sarah yes. Smile or something. Sweet. You know. That is. Oh yeah, that yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, but that song. Pretty know. close. Yeah. Yeah. Hollow yeah. notes. Yeah. But I, yeah, and I'm so curious to hear how he got back into theater yeah. after all these jobs. Yes. That's wild. Or what I was in before it that I was compromising myself from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we talk a lot about that on the air a lot is, is being authentic and being true to your heart. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm so glad you're back to your heart. And it's strangely... The universe does deep bucks. <laughs> You're saying he's Talk full shit. of shit. The universe lined up for you with Billy Elliot came right on time for you. Oh, absolutely. A part that you were destined to play. I went last night with my my children, and they were just devastated. I mean, blown away by it. It was their first theater experience. I said, look at Uncle Richie. 
They're, they're going, is that him? I'll go, yeah, that's him. I, I haven't heard from him in a long time, but he's your I uncle. I love how we make our kids call someone that they've never met uncle. Just I know, I do it all the time. Just because we for them. We're like, it's Uncle Richie, right, guys? <laughs> no blood relative whatsoever. Doesn't talk to me in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> but that's Uncle Richie. Yeah. Uncle Richie hooked us up last night, but he took us backstage. It was an amazing experience. Billy Elliott, make sure you see it. It's at the Pantages Theater. Another three weeks, Rich? Yeah. Uh, another three weeks it'll be there, and you you must see it because just for his solo alone, it, uh, I'm going to cry talking about it. Maybe I'll I'll have a, get a little misty at the break, <laughs> but he really blows it out of the water. It's just yeah. beautiful. But and he's uh, coming back after the break. Coming back after the break with uh, Sarah Sweet. All right, thank you, Joel Geist, and our special right. guest from the play, Billy Elliot. It's Rich Hebert, and uh, we'll get more after this. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Here's a piece of advice, Billy. Piss off out of here. Start everything afresh, and don't look back. There is sod all left for you here. You are very fucking special. Now piss off before I start to cry. Once visions on ground we hewed. We dreamt of justice and of men renewed. All people equal in all things. We once were heroes, once were kings. But all brave things must come to pass. We know the first will soon be last. And in the ground we may be laid, but a seed is sown to rise again. So we walk proudly and we walk strong. All together we will go as one. The ground is empty and cold as hell, but we all go together when we go. You show them, kidda. Not them dead, buddy. Thanks, Tony. Aye. See you, sunshine.
You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. That music you just heard was from Billy Elliot. Music written by Elton John, by the way, for Billy Elliot. Did you know that? I did. Well, I just learned that. He wrote... It's, it's my second time working with Elton John. Really? I mean, this time I didn't really work with him because I... I, this, I what was the other... Uh, oh, I remember. Aida. It was Aida. It, did you go to Atlanta for that? Did we I almost did. yeah yes. we almost saw each other yes. or I did see you in Atlanta you were you were doing Aida for a little while that's quite a story but but I was yeah. I was uh, in re- in rehearsal you know I was I was working on songs first time you know that he wrote and and first time Tim Rice wrote the uh, mm-hmm. the words to and um, and I, I I remember staying there talking to him as we were watching them Elton doing yeah Elton and as they're setting things up and and um, Did you call him sir. No, I, he wasn't surly. Ah. He was just a oh, guy. Oh, really? Yeah, just he was a guy. just a guy. Just but, a guy. Uh, <laughs> just a guy, multi-platinum guy that just changed the face. And it goes. So, I was so telling no. him, because I, I had seen him a lot in concert over the years. Yeah. And I said, I saw you at, um, you know, uh, Schaefer, Schaefer Stadium in, in Boston um, uh, on 1976 on the Bicentennial. And he said, oh, I was the Statue of Liberty. And I said, yeah. And I said, and then I saw you in Central Park. He said, oh, I was a duck. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and, said, and, I said and I saw you. You know, I was ta- and every time it was about what he wore. You know, it really? wasn't so much about the event. And I said, I also saw you one, once just before Thanksgiving. And I swore that in Boston at the Boston Garden. And I said, I swore um, um, John Lennon. And Yoko Ono were sitting behind behind the stage. He said they were. He said they were. He said I had made a deal with him that um, I would sing on an on a song with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was whatever gets you through the night. Um, uh, if um, if he would come on stage and sing Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds with me, and he did. And you were there for he that. He didn't do it. He did it. He did it the next oh, show. He was just checking it out that night. concert at Madison Square Garden. Wow. But he was checking it out because it had been so right. long since he was on stage. And that was right before and, he died. Uh, right? It was, uh, had to be late 70s. A little right? while before. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably, you know, it was, it was yeah. It was, uh, so you've just, know, you've just loved music your entire life. Oh, big time. Now, now you're also a sports guy. Mm. Like, like me, did you have this thing happen to you in high school? Because we both grew up. You grew up in Boston. I grew up in Philly. Uh-huh. There was this thing where you really couldn't, if you were compelled to be in music or a musical theater uh-huh. or band. Mm-hmm. Remember, band was, oh, yeah. that was just as bad. And you would, I would peek in because I couldn't go in there. Meanwhile, I was not a, a great athlete at all, but I was probably would have done better on a stage. But you just get beat up. Well, I mean, did I, you have that I problem? Have two two examples of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is like Billy Elliot the play. Right. That's basically right. are you a poof? Well, my first example of it is how I got into the, the the theater basically in the first place. I was my my junior we were, I was a junior in high school and we had uh we had just gone undefeated unscored upon and as a football team for a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we we're out behind the the school getting drunk and we we're all getting drunk and celebrating everything and we we came I had to go to the bathroom. Me and my buddy, my uh, eventually became my brother-in-law's brother, but um, we were looking to go in the bathroom, and we had our football shirts on. And so, as we're going around to the bathroom, all of a sudden, this girl comes over and she says, "Are you the football players?" And we said, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. And she said, "Come with me. Come with me." So she she gave us. She said, "Put your pads on and everything underneath here." So we went, "Okay." Was so, she hot? Hot. No, actually, no. Okay, and and, uh, and so we. I we, thought that was the reason you were going. <laughs> no, knowing you. No, I, we just sure. Kinda, where we're are you going, taking we, me? We were drunk. We were okay. going with it, and <laughs> right. so 
we put on our pads and everything and, and put on the shirt. And she said, all right, go, go, go. And so we, we got in this line of guys. And all the other guys are like little geeky guys, you know. And we're in the back. <laughs> right. And they're looking at us like, you know, <laughs> who are you? You know, right. and, and uh, so she shuttled us onto the stage in the middle of the show. And it was good news. was a musical. And we were now on stage, part of the show. They just, that was going on at this very moment. Did, and they didn't give you anything to do except for stand there. They didn't say anything because they thought, for some reason, they thought we were supposed to be there. Oh, and they, no. They, yeah, and, and so so we, you and your drunk football playing buddy are looking at each other going, what are we, on we're stage, on stage. And a guy's <laughs> doing a, a speech, a pep talk to us in the play. And we're going, yeah, yeah, you know. And, and so after the show, I went up to the director and I said, uh, I said hey, it was great being in your show. I said, next year I'm going to star in your show. Yeah, and, and uh, I did Damn Yankees, and I started. You it. really did. Yeah, but another thing that happened that very Billy Elliot was coach, right? Was with my coach. Mm -hmm. I was playing. I was playing football, and uh, and uh, I was part of the concert choir. And I would. Uh, uh, I did. The, my sister had one, had had a whole scheme for me when I got into high school that she was going to get me every scholarship I could. So she said, "You join every club." And she said, because, you know, when it comes to scholarship you, you time, didn't have money. You were getting didn't have turkeys from the right. Elks Club. Right. 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 So she's trying to get scholarships so, right. in any way, shape, or form. So I joined the, the concert choir. And so I would, when they took the, the picture for the concert choir, I ducked because I didn't want to be known to yeah, be in the concert I, choir. Oh, so, I so relate to this. <laughs> so now we go to our first, we're getting ready to go to our first con uh, competition, mm -hmm. uh, singing competition. So uh, and this is a grade for me, too. So I went to my football coach and I said, you know, I have this concert choir. I have this competition. I have to go. Uh, is it okay for me to miss practice tomorrow to go? And he said, sure. Right. So I went and I won the regionals. I was going to have to go back oh, again. I won the regionals. I get to the, to the um, practice the next day. And he says, oh. all right, everybody get in a circle. Everybody get in a oh. circle. <laughs> Mr. Hebert, get in the middle of the circle. Why don't you tell everybody what you did yesterday and what you're never going to do again? No! He did what you're never going to do again? Yeah. yeah. Did you tell them that you won regionals? What, I, I, or did you I, not? I never, went to the, I never went to the finals after that because I played football. I, I was, and so she you, tried to give me an F for that oh, because I didn't no. go to the finals. And he, so, so he allowed, he almost tricked you. He said, yeah, go ahead, yeah. and then the next day he humiliates you in front you. of the team. So I brought him and her down to the office when, when the grades came out and I got an F. And I told the story, and I said, I want an A from both of you, and <laughs> yes. walk away. And they did. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah. I also would have put him in the front row when you were playing Jean Valjean. Yeah, that would have been nice. Les Mis, yeah. Put so him in I the could front row. spit on him. You're my <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. I'm more Deepak about this. But, you know, He's I, like, Deepak is Deepak's <laughs> full of shit. That's who we're talking to here, Rich Hebert. You know, I had the same issue, and we had an undefeated team as well. Mm -hmm. So I went away to college, and I'm going, I'm going out for the theater. Right. And I had, like you, probably a natural voice of which, and, and here's the other thing that we have going for us, we're not effeminate. Right. So they immediately put you as the lead. Right. They'd, right. Have, they'd have these leads in the plays, and it's a, I remember I saw Mamma Mia on Broadway. Yeah. I, me and my buddy were laughing so hard, not at the script, that this guy was pretending to be in love with this woman he's going to marry. There was no way he was marrying a woman. Right. There's no well, shot, no... Have you ever seen I have flippers on. <laughs> I mean, it's like, really? Are you kidding me? There's no shot that this guy... So Rich and I are very, you know, masculine guys... 
who happen to be able to sing. Have you ever seen a West Side Story where the Tony looks like he used to be the head of the gang? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's always some effeminate guy. Right. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, by speaking of West Side Story, so they give me the one of, what do you think one of the hardest songs for a, a male to sing is from th musical theater? Do you know the answer to this? Well, for me, uh, you know, what? the things that I didn't like miserable. Oh, yeah. That was two, four, but. six, all one. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I had to sing Something's Coming from West Side sure. Story. Sure. So, first of all, I am not used to this. And they said, no, you have the the range it's five octaves and but me the problem was i also couldn't remember the words there's so many it's all over the place right. so uh i'm out there on debut night i'd never been on a stage before and the guy who's he's supposed to give me my cue line it's supposed to be well i'm sure something's coming and he's he panics i'm looking at him for comfort and he goes i'm sure something's bound to come up oh. <laughs> bound to come up <laughs> bound to come up it's something's coming so this is in my mind in the meantime i'm drunk I got drunk. <laughs> I, all of a sudden, I feel this warmth coming over me. I, I peed my pants. Oh, no. I'm not talking about a little bit of piss. I had full-on beige pants, and this spot kept growing and growing. Oh. Nice. Where now they're putting the spot on the spot. I mean, because they were everyone's howling, laughing, and and you know I had this damn song down. And that's oh, the other Craig. thing is you can't rehearse because you don't want people to hear you rehearsing because then you're right. going to beat you up. Right. So I had to rehearse. You know, I had to find like somewhere in the woods. I'm there with the bears. Could be. <laughs> Who knows? And I had it down with the bears yeah. <laughs> and the foxes and stuff. Yeah. There's something do any day. I will know right away. Sing it, baby. So, <laughs> so she goes, Bev is on the piano. I'll never forget it. And it's another thing is I don't know when to come in. So, so she's oh, going. She's And meanwhile, I got the piss. People oh. are laughing. And it comes out like this. I really... Could be, and I couldn't commit. Who knows? Something do. I am bombing a death worse than it was. So until I would get to a part that I knew, I knew. I go. Soon as it shows, <laughs> it may come cannonballing down through the sky, gleaming its eye bright as a rose. And I go back to. Who knows? With a click, it'll shock. It'll be jingling. It'll knock. And that was my debut, and it was all because I couldn't rehearse and because of the humiliation. That's what Billy Elliot's about. That's what your story's about. Is, is, but, so finally you just said, the hell with this. I have more of a destiny in this than I do in football. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? yeah well, you know, I also had done these shows um, through my parish, my church. Mm -hmm. They had these shows. This guy came in town every, every once a year. And my sisters, my two sisters and my brother had done it ahead of me. And what it was was it was a variety show, but the first half was a minstrel show. And it wasn't blackface This is when you were a kid? Show. Yeah. It wasn't a blackface minstrel show. But in, in, in was, Massachusetts, you can get away with this, though. Yeah, exactly. But, it's Massachusetts. <laughs> Plus, you can get away with doing the show because it's for the parish. <laughs> we're doing it for the parish. Like the, you're doing it for, get up and sing there and put your blackface on. It's for the parish. <laughs> And, then, and that's how that's how it works back in Massachusetts. Oh yeah, because yeah. they had they had something that they called the Parish Depth Society. Parish Depth Society yeah. that was bingo. So you know, <laughs> all I heard was menstrual show. No, not menstrual. <laughs> like, you don't know what, what a menstrual show. You know, you did that one, once, <laughs> once a month, you could do that. But but the minstrel show it, you know there was it was this old time we had the pattern for a minstrel show, and then the second half would be a. Um, a variety show and this guy was really particular but he was really 
tough, strong director, and he had he had drops from Broadway and things like that, and it was real professional. Yeah. And I learned more professional stuff from that guy really? than I learned from anybody over the years about just just giving stuff. Yeah. If the audience can see you, you can you can if mm-hmm. you can see them, they can oh, see you. Oh, in the, in the all, wings, all yeah. the different things, was, all yeah. the different professional things that that a lot of the kids don't learn. You know. Now, were you voice trained at all? I was never voice trained until really? it's all natural. Until I was, I, I decided to finally go to a teacher. Um, be, well, the first time I decided to go to a teacher, it was one of those guys who just talks about himself for like forty-five <laughs> minutes, and then you got fifteen minutes time to go. Give me hundred bucks. Teachers are that way too. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're yeah. always dropping names. Yeah, that's that's. Well, all last week, Charlize Theron was telling me. Yeah. <laughs> well, this guy. Yeah. When I went into him, I had done two Broadway shows already, and he said, "You're not going to be able to sing." on stage for for two years and i said fuck oh, you and i no, left really but, but when i got les mis when i got cast in les mis in new york um i i was cast as as the understudy for valjean but i was playing brujan i was playing this part brujan and i was petrified because i couldn't sing it At some mm-hmm. for some reason they had cast me but i couldn't sing it so i was and you, you know, couldn't sing the valjean parts the, the, i didn't have it ready yet. Not the I night I saw it. And yet. I didn't know how. This was when I first got cast. Understudy. I no. fell in love with a man for the very first time. I'm going to tell you. He's sitting right here. He well, nailed it that night. Oh, yeah. Well, I got good at it, but but nailed it was because night? of this vocal teacher. I went to this teacher. Oh, he I, really did help. It was a woman, and, and Joyce Hall. Mm-hmm. And I went to her, and I, I said, look, I have no idea how to do this, and I might have to do it tomorrow. So help me. She helped me. I sang it every single day. Mm-hmm. I would go through the whole show every single day. Bring Him Home was the the, the, the toughest one of all the no, songs, No, Bring Him Home right? was the easiest for me. No, because, really? And the because only trouble falsetto? with that is, yeah, because it's falsetto. My yeah. brother used to tell me, don't <laughs> sing falsetto. My brother used to say, <laughs> he used to go, that's fake voice. Don't use your falsetto. Yeah. You know? And and then they told me, you should use this. And, yeah. and that was the easiest thing. All no, the Valjeans did a falsetto. Yeah, you got you know, you got that whole... No, I can't even sing it right now. I got nothing. I can. Uh, <laughs> can I audition for you? <laughs> this is one of my dreams right now. In front of my favorite Jean Valjean, I'm going to tell him how to sing the part. <laughs> Go for it. No, but, I want to be Now that I'm older, I want to be Javert. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to do it with you right now. Uh, Valjean, Go, at last we see each other plain. Monsieur Le Maire, you wear a different chain. Come, now, Very come nice back at me. I don't even remember what. What's <laughs> wrong with you? I thought he lived this. My whole illusion of you is destroyed now. He said, like, ah, I did falsetto. I, I didn't know how to sing at the time. And, uh, I had his whole vision of him. It's been destroyed right before my eyes. Except he has a big head. What does like he that. sing next? What does he sing next? <clears throat> Two, four, six, or one. You don't know that one? Yeah, but he doesn't sing that right then. You wear a different chair. I, I am warning you, Javert. I'm a stronger man by far. There is power in... Come on. Put, help me out here. <laughs> and he used to go, My race has not yet come. I, see, I got oh no my God! Right I got nothing. He's it's got great. nothing left. It's inspiring. He's the old man in Billy Elliot now. He's, <laughs> he, was this young, he was this young Jean Valjean, and now he can't hit the notes anymore. What happened what to you? That's what it is. Before what? you say another word, Javert. That's what it is, yeah. Um, That's right, before... Uh, yeah, uh, I used to. You know, who used to do that with me all the time. Was who? Um, he did Harris the- Barton. Harris Barton, who used to play football for the Forty uh, yeah, Niners. He was, a, he was a lineman. Big lineman. Big yeah. guy. Big dude. Three rings. He played. He used no. He used to pick me up, drive me around San Francisco, and say, 
Was it Valjean? At last, we see each other playing. <laughs> He's just singing, <laughs> singing just like that. Yeah, yeah that's. Is that how I sound? No, you yeah. sound good. <laughs> I don't sound good this morning. But, uh, but you sounded great last night. I love the. I loved your solo in that. That was really a, an amazing thing. And they give you a microphone because he's he's singing in a club. Right. In a Rotary Club, I believe it yeah. is. And uh, so he's singing in a, in a club, so he gets to use a microphone, huh. right. which I think is very effective. Yeah. yeah which the, more people do, because com- sometimes when you have that mic in the head, it's a little echoey. Yeah, it brings the whole, brings the whole audience in, oh, too. And, and it's very intimate. Yeah, because it feels like everybody's really? at that club. I mean, so yeah. we break the fourth wall in that, in that part of the show. Now, now do, you, do you like this uh, better than Les Mis? Or, or it's easier for me. I mean, is it really? Uh, well, well, you Les sing Mis, a lot less. Yeah, and Le, yeah. I, I mean, see, I you're in stage song. the entire time for in, the. Uh, in Les Mis, you, it was it was really a workout. I mean, it except was for when Marius is there with, with a dying Cosette. Right. Don't you fret, Monsieur Marius. I don't. I feel, I play the women too. <laughs> I don't feel any pain. A little fall of rain can hardly hurt me now. I'm here. <laughs> That's all I need to know. I will stay with you while you are sleeping. He knows the whole thing. He really And is. rain yes. will make the flowers grow. You will have Penine, dear God, above. I like the Marius, but I'm too old. No, I See, think I you have sound these, great. I have these dreams of, of being uh, what you were doing last night. That was yeah. the one thing about my experience last night. I was at Billy Elliot with my kids. You get that jealousy thing. I jealousy did get a little jealous. <laughs> I was yeah, a little, little bit. I was sitting there, come, come on. Yeah. Now, I must tell well, you, I get jealous of people, but it's usually when I think I can do better. Uh-huh. You are one that I'm not doing that with. <laughs> you are, when you walk on that stage as the dad, Right. And my kids are all like elbowing me. Is that Uncle Rich? <laughs> <laughs> that when him? you have to tell them that it's your uncle, you know, it's n- probably not your uncle. But they're saying, Is that him? I go, Yeah, that's him. I, I can hardly recognize him because he becomes this character. And I haven't seen him in 10 years, and I found out he was a substitute teacher. I want to hear how you got back into it. Well, really what happened quick. was. Uh, oh, yeah, we only have a few minutes, still, so let's hear. I still had age, an agent in New York who, you know, I don't know. He he was there. I mean, I would kind of look out for things and say, I, I might be right for this, you know. And uh, so I was watching the Tony Awards, and and Greg Jabara, who played it on Broadway and won the Tony Award for it, oh. um, he was on, on television. And and uh, I said, well, shit, I can do that. I, I can do that. Right. I might, I might be able to do that better than him. That's what I was just and saying. So, you're, 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 <laughs> up, you're, you're saying, yeah, you know, I'm thing. not jealous. No, yeah. this should be me. Right. Yeah. So... So you I, knew that this part was for you. I said, this yeah. is something that I should and will be doing, so let's get this happening. Wow. So so what they had, I went in there, and they would get me, uh, I could go to the final, they would let me go to the final audition, because I was driving from Boston, and the wife would say, you've got to be home by dinner. What? And so, so I drove, <laughs> so I drove. Consequently, we are in the middle of a divorce. So, so, I was just going to ask. So, yeah. uh, probably relationship ended. <laughs> probably once you got in the play. It's, it's not but, good. But, I had the same thing with my ex. You know, she she has abandonment issues, and you married a comic. Right. Now you're going to tell me you have abandonment issues? Yes, I got to go. I have to go bring back money right. for your right. Botox, okay? Anyway, so go ahead. So... I By went, the way, is, is she complaining about money and stuff at the time when you're a substitute I, I, teacher? I, I'm not going to go into it. Okay, that. all right, go but, ahead. Uh, so, so this we, is more uh, about your success of getting back to the <laughs> than your so, failure in your relationship. Okay, so more I go, about the failure. I go there. I, three times they had me in for what was final callback. Okay? Wow. So the third time, and what they kept doing was there's another part in the show who's a boxing coach in the show. And yeah. So they kept reading me for both of these parts, the father and the boxing coach. And so... 
the, the third time I went in, and I went in for everybody. Stephen Daldry, who who directed the movie, directed The Hours, directed that, that movie that yeah. was just up, uh, I don't know what it's called, but the one with Tom Hanks, uh, World Trade Towers. Right. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Extremely, and, extremely close. Yeah. yeah. And right. so it was him and his crew. And so he's, di he's directing you in yeah, the play, Yeah, he directed the play, yeah. Wow. And so... Um, so I'm in at there, and the, so they have me do the father, and I do the father, and and they're like, that was great, that was beautiful, and I said, great, and I, and I sang the song, and I <laughs> cried every time I sang the song, I cried, and they they loved that, and they said that's better than it's sung every night on stage uh, on Broadway, in New York, right. yeah, and so so then they go, okay, now let's do the boxing coach. So they give me, all right, now try it with eating a candy bar. Now try it, you're, you're homophobic, you jump up on a chair. You didn't want it, though, so you're like throwing it away. No, I'm doing, I'm doing really? my work, because I need a job. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'll be I want to get out of the yeah. you know, right. cars. And so I, uh, I, finally, after all that, I said, you guys look you know, all balled up and concerned, and I'm all balled up and concerned, <laughs> and this is the third time we've done this. Every time I do this, you say I'm great as the dad, and then you go on to make me do something else. I said, next time we see each other, I'm on stage, you're paying me, and I got the role. Okay? <laughs> Whoa. Like that, right? And they went, you're tired of this, aren't you? I said, I'm fucking tired of this. And they said, okay. And they no. gave you the spot, part yeah. on wow. the spot? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, I love it. And now he's back. And now I'm back. Oh, he's yeah. back, and he's good. It, it, I can't it, wait to it, see it. So it's Billy Elliot, and it's playing another uh, three weeks here in Los Angeles okay. at the Pantages, and then it goes on to all over the place. I mean, the tell next, me some other towns. The next place we go, we go on a bunch of one-weekers like Des Moines, Madison, uh, you know, a lot of Midwest stuff, and then then we go to Boston for a month in the summer. So and people don't know what it's home. about. It's this kid, it, it, and uh, they all have to have Geordie accents. They're all uh, vocally trained. Right. They're, they're called Geordies. It's Newcastle. Mm. Right. And uh, as a matter of fact, my son's Uncle Brian. <laughs> he's the lead singer of ACDC. He actually has this accent, and I was listening to it last night. It's very accurate. They do it, and the kids can do it. But um, <laughs> I have to say the one, it's not a criticism, but last night it was a little odd because my son kept going, um, hey, Dad, why is Billy Elliot Asian? <laughs> was he? Yeah. Really? They have four Billy Elliots four Billy. because it's really a difficult part. It's unbelievable, the dancing, <laughs> by the way. They rotate in the same show? Right. or in No, the... no. Although it happened the other day. It happened the, the other day. The kid got injured. That's how hard injured. this role is. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. the kid got injured. The dancing so is amazing. He's a blonde Billy Elliot, and in the second half, they saw the Asian Billy Elliot. It's like, how do you explain oh, that one? It. Yeah. They had to switch it yeah. midway. Uh, I mean, I could see. I was already using my suspending my ima imagination last night. I'm right. going. I'm telling my kids he's he's adopted. Right. <laughs> he's a, he was an Asian adopted. Why aren't they telling us? Right. I go. It's just you have to just just believe. Okay. He's he's. A, I know he's Asian. My kept, son kept going. He's Asian. Drop it. I, I drop the friggin' Asian <laughs> thing and just watch him dance and listen to him sing. And he's got an authentic accent. And it didn't. It wasn't like going back and forth. It did look a little funny. You with him, like this is his father. It looked like Indiana Jones with that little that little kid from Indiana Jones. Yeah. Doctor Jones, Doctor well, Jones. I thought he. I thought any second <laughs> he was going to go to go. Doctor Jones, Doctor Jones. There's no reason why the kid can't be adopted. I mean, at that that's point, true. You know. Yeah. So I mean, you know. But the other son looks like you, and you're yeah. English, working class. But suddenly, bringing the Asian kid. But I guess you know he's so talented. Oh, he's he's. Great. Is this a full American JP. cast? Uh, he's from Canada, I think. No, he's one of from, them's from Canada. One, yeah, the, there is one kid from Canada, but yeah. there's a few. Actually, there's a few people from Canada um, because uh, we kind of merged two casts together to create this cast, and some of them were Canadians. But we have two Brits in the show too. 
We okay. and and they're both from the Newcastle area. So yeah, but the, they were in the London production. Oh really? Yeah. And uh, but so you travel with these kids all the time, yeah. right? You guys are on buses and stuff. And, yeah. and, and well, and actually, they the have buses, like tutors. They'll have, a, they'll have when we do bus, they'll have a kids bus and a and a. Uh, and they have and tutors and stuff. They have, they, to leave, tutors. they have to leave school for, well, for forever. Yeah. I mean, because they're touring with this production. Oh, yeah. They're which is really not hard. easy. Just ask your ex-wife. Right. Does your daughter <laughs> get to come out and see you? Um, my daughter does. And she was on the road with me last year. Oh, uh, cool. And my ex-wife actually um, was, I, I got her a job as one of the Wranglers uh, backstage with the kids. Yeah, see, that's, so, that's how to do it. But Neely's seen me. You're trying to My work daughter's name it. is Neely. And she's seen me. Um, uh, five times in the show. Is it weird that I know so much about you? Because <laughs> I'm the couple, your daughter, you, you took a second because I, yeah, yeah, I know. I More than I know, by the way. <laughs> I'm just catching up like, with Tell them. that story about the coach. That was fascinating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here, Sarah, how well do you know him? You told me you only talked to him for one second last night. Uh, I read about you. Her computer's you working. Yeah. Apparently it's working. I'm <laughs> last glad, night it was. I'm, gl I'm glad it ended up working. Uh, Sarah, uh, thank you for a wonderful show today, Sarah. Sweet Joe. Guys, thank you for uh, all the you do here, even You're though you didn't have a camera on you. That's all right. All day, because we had guests all day here Behind on Laugh the scenes today. Right. Kyle Cease, want to thank him for coming in and, and processing with us. <laughs> you can always, by the way, if you miss our show, you can you can listen to us anytime you want. You can archive it. Rich, you can hear this. I can't wait. Go to toadhopnetwork.com, and okay. you can hear, your, you can see yourself again. I'm not sure I want to. I know. Especially that I Santa can't. Parker, we cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great audition. Oh, that was beautiful. That was a great audition for people to go, yeah, I want to go see the Billy yeah. Elliot dad that did, he just can't sing. <laughs> Trust me, people. No, he can you sing. can totally tell he can sing, even in that one note. You can tell that he's great. The one note where he went, like alfalfa? The note before He could sing like alfalfa. Right, What's Joel? that noise yes, that you absolutely. made when you were a kid? Woo, or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what it sounded like. No, I'm still no. Still trying to figure out when you would use that. Like, I can't pay for my groceries. <laughs> I knew there was I'm a use, use for it. it. I just couldn't come up with it. <laughs> we can't pay for them. None of us can because we make no money on this podcast. Go back to my day job. <laughs> car has, or Craig has to ride in my messy car. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to try that with all the creditors that are calling me. <laughs> hey, how's it? going hey we're with the uh, city bank <laughs> see if you can find some money because i can't rich heber it was great hanging with you here great, great catching up with you on the air in front of a few thousand people Thanks with uncle richie yeah and uh and maybe we'll play some hoops or something my right. favorite john valjean of all time and he will be your favorite billy elliott dad of all time go see the play and uh come see us uh oh this week i'm in agora my my where i live yeah 28th I can walk to work. That's awesome. I'm just going to walk in and go, hee hee. <laughs> I am here. Agora at the Canyon Club. Are you going to open for me, Sarah? Yeah. All right, Sarah will open for me. We'll have some nice. fun up at the Canyon Club next Saturday, the 28th, April 28th. Be there. After that, we go to a, a Dallas for one night, and we have Atlanta. So start booking these dates. If you're in the Philadelphia area, we're in Sellersville. You're not going to that one, are you? I'm not sure. Not paying you enough. <laughs> <laughs> you can meet all the hee-hee people in Philadelphia. You should just fly in just to hang out. Yeah, if you want to pay for my ticket, I'm more than happy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think that one's going to happen. Anyway, thanks for being with us, folks. I hope you had a wonderful time. Laugh it off. Have a good time. See you. Yay. Yay. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching.